The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today. And you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order, get on the path, and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode of the Solid 7 Podcast is brought to you by Hidden Skins. Hidden Skins is Central Florida's premier custom branding company, offering high-quality custom apparel, design, signage, vehicle wraps, and much more. With over 15 years of experience, they have the expertise to take your project from concept to finished product. And their exceptional service and attention to detail mean your project will turn out just like you imagined or better. Visit HittenSkins.com today. That's H-I-T-T-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. And let them get to work on the branding you deserve. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet. Tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events. And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Well, hello again and welcome back to the Solid 7 Podcast. We are a better than average podcast where we're not a show about nothing. This isn't Seinfeld. We're also not a show about any one thing. Each week, I invite a guest to join me here on the podcast and talk about whatever is going on in the world that interests us. And this week, happy to welcome back OG supporter, return guest, Mr. Jonathan Reyes. Yes, yes. Wow. Welcome wow. back, buddy. Yeah, you you, uh, you closed you. out the old era. You were the last guest yeah, yeah, of the old that. era of wow. uh, Solid 7 Podcast. You divide it into eras. And here you left. are, yeah. back again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to kind of do my own version of like, you know, BCAD, but oh, yeah. it gets a little yeah. it gets a little sketchy yeah. to do that. You might get texted. We call it BR, before Rush, AR, after oh, Rush. How after, about that? Yeah, we'll skip BR, the first AR. Yeah. Wow, that's so awesome. So here you are, back yeah. uh, in the for newer, newer listeners, yeah. once upon a time. You don't have to go back too many episodes. It's been a few months here, but... Uh, I used to have a, a co-host who who's no longer no longer with us on the podcast. He's, right. he's still he's alive. alive. He's still on Earth. Yeah. And uh, and John was the the last guest when we were to, together wow. with Josh. That was my favorite time shooting with you guys. By the way, I mean, I think it was twice before that. I thought you were going to go for like the tongue in cheek play of like that was my my favorite episode of the podcast. Oh. Really, I think that was. Oh. But but you didn't. You went for no. That was a that oh. was a good one. Yeah. I mean, we're our stick with you. Uh, you know, listeners, go back and listen to John's previous episodes. He's, he's popped up a, a few different do. times yeah. and always a good time. But, yeah. uh, you know, we just kind of fall into some old ruts. <laughs> John, known John a long time, known John since he was quite young. Yeah. Literally and, like what? Sixth grade? Uh, probably yeah. at least. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun to give John a bit of a hard time. It's oh, here we your, go. you're a passionate <laughs> La- Latinx, Latin X man. Yeah, yeah. Puerto Rican. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, the emotions, they just run right there close to the surface and it's just so fun and so easy to get you worked up. It's hey, just, it's just hard to resist. I need you to understand this is the new era of the podcast. It's also the new era of me. I, I, okay. I you know what? I'm a lot harder to heat up these days. I'm a lot more difficult to get under the skin. So bold, but, but just, just for the record listeners, um, he told me ahead of time that there would be some heat coming yeah. my way at the front of this podcast. So this is me bracing yeah, for it. it Here it we go. Might, uh, there might not be any any heat. I told you it's going to be a hard oh, time. This really, is, this how is him hard, really? calming me down so my guard yeah, goes down, really, and then I just get ruined. Really, how hard the time is just depends just depends on answers. But before we do any of that, you got to be properly fluid, fueled and around here. Yes, that means a Jocko go. Yes, going going back for the uh, sour apple sniper. There we go. Thank you, JP Denell. Yes, always a good one. I'm still still on the hunt. Um, you know, we had Brian Littlefield from Jocko Fuel on a couple of episodes ago, uh, back on episode 67. Let us all know there's new and improved flavors coming out. I'm still on the hunt. I haven't received one yet. Uh, but Did he break that news on your podcast? No, no, no. That was kind of out there. The okay. new, the new flavors coming out. So there's, there's two, there's new like uh, formulations that so the old flavors are being reworked. Mm-hmm. So the old has become new and they released yeah. two flavors that they didn't have previously pink mist lemonade and prickly pear. So, yeah. um, but he did mention, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to episode 67 and, and you're a fan of, of Jocko and Jocko fuel products, there were some, some products mentioned that, uh, I'm not going to say they're top secret cause he wouldn't have <laughs> talked about it at all, right. but they're not well known. They're not like really out there yeah. that we talked about. So go back and check that out. And in the meantime, listeners, if you find a, a can of new and improved, uh, hit up your boy because I will buy it from you at a premium. I'll pay extra for it. Scalpers. I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay above, but cheers. Cheers. Uh, so, uh, now once upon a time we were losing you, you were, you were abandoning us. John uh, uh-huh. lives here in the area here in uh-huh. central Florida where, where we're based yep. born and bred. Yes. And, uh, and you were, you were throwing up the deuces. Yeah. Yeah. You were you were going, I don't know, somewhere up north. I, yeah. I well, care. so you, you, a little bit of a correction there. Bred, sure, born in New Jersey. I actually was born in New Brunswick, which I've come to realize less people know that than I thought. It's right. actually not a lot, not very well known. But yeah, I was born in New Brunswick, moved down here when I was four years old. And yeah, it was around January-ish that I was pretty much ready to, and, to scoot. And yet here, here you sit. Yeah, here I sit. So, the, I mean... In Orlando, Florida. What gives? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm actually glad you asked because uh, I feel like some people just, I don't know, they just like assume that like, I feel like there's some people I haven't seen in a while. They assume like I'm visiting again or whatever. I've since last year made like a couple trips up there Mm -hmm. um, and long term, it is still the goal. Uh, However, uh, for those who know me, um, an opportunity came up around January. As a matter of fact, my family from New Jersey, they were in Orlando visiting for the new year. And I was talking with them about like living arrangements just to get started up there, right? It would be a whole new fresh thing. Um, and that same day, I got a phone call for a job opportunity. Uh, now, the job opportunity, I still work to this day. Um, and it's with like a local business. Um, I say local, but they've since expanded to Dallas, Scottsdale, San Diego now. Um, it was an opportunity to work alongside this, this millionaire who owns this car cosmetics business and, and everything. And, and so ultimately I made the decision to, um, at least in the interim, 
stick, stick around. Um, because, you know, initially on those conversations, he, I shared, you know, kind of my vision. I was like, dude, I want to get out of here. I was like, I do want to go to Jersey. turns out he's from Jersey. Uh, and turns out that semi long-term, he's got a plan to build a shop up there, which I thought would be the perfect transition plan. Um, and so some months passed by still working the job. Honestly, those conversations to move up there have been put off a little bit between me and him. I mean, it's not something that I think is going to happen anytime soon, but it is still the goal for me. Ultimately, um, there's uh, there's quite a bit in my heart up in that direction to go back up there. It's a crazy long story. I probably wouldn't want to bore you with right now, but over the past couple of years, I've just really felt a strong kind of pull to go up there. And it's interesting um, because that pull to go up there, I don't think was enough. But what it was, and this is something that we could dive into more if, if you want to, but what it was is, is kind of just my season at, at, at the church. Uh, for those listening, you know, you probably know Kale used to work at this, this exact church, but my season working at the church as a pastor on staff was coming to an end. Um, we can get into the specifics behind that. A lot of it had to do with the financial stuff. Um, and so, it, you know, that, that season coming to a close, I think along with the new year, along with the, the several over the past year and a half before that, you know, visits to New Jersey to see my family, all of that just culminated into this big, you know, I guess the cherry on top would be this girl that I've been dating now seriously for two years has always had a dream and a vision for her life. She does like modeling stuff to go live up near New York. So it all just really started to make a ton of sense. Um, and so it's still, it still is ultimately the goal to, uh, to, to, to get out there. Um, but I'd say like the biggest part of that whole equation was definitely like that season at the church coming to an end because there's something I don't know. There's no book on that. No one teaches you how to, how to navigate that. So I think, you know, as the past couple of months have gone by, I've realized there's been a, a larger emotional component to wanting to just slide out and go do my thing up there. Um, but I still do see big picture, a lot of sense in it. There still is, you know, my aunt, her half brother uh, is Pat. He passes a church in New Brunswick. Um, so there's a whole lot of sense to go serve up there, help the youth out and stuff like that. And I've talked to him a little bit too, but um, yeah, ultimately it's just put, been put off by this opportunity that's come by that um, I, I truly love. Uh, another big, you know, quick thing before before we uh, before I really start to bore everybody too much. Um, a couple years back, um, you know, we, we there was like a conference at at, at my church, and um, you know that was that was the first time that yeah I had ever felt anything in my heart uh, in the direction of of business and entrepreneurship. Matter of fact, we had like a, a preacher come, and he you know he actually stopped the altar call, you know, asked me my name, you know, in the middle midst of everything, and you know he told me that you know God you know put it on his heart that that there's some entrepreneurial anointing on my life and all this. And, and when this opportunity reared its head to work alongside this millionaire who is a born again Christian, who is also from New Jersey, it just started to make a whole lot of sense to stick around for a little longer, especially because, you know, I want to let the emotions of wanting to just scoot, right. Set a little bit and make more of a logical decision. So it's still ultimately the goal, but for now, yeah, it just makes a whole lot of sense to hang out, especially if I keep getting invites to this podcast, man, yeah. you're going to, you're going to yeah. tempt me, but yeah. no, with, um, with stories like that, this, it might, this might be the last the last invite. That's thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly disappointing. There's nothing roast worthy there. Um, I'll tell you, and, what I, I tell you what I was hoping for and didn't get. Um, oh I was hoping because this this girl been in the picture for a while. Yeah, she's you, been here she's to been, the studio. She's been, yeah. been in studio here yeah. with us. Lovely young lady. Yeah. Um, and uh, I hadn't seen or heard anything about her for a while. Yeah. So I was hoping, uh, for the sake of entertainment, for the <laughs> for the sake of me busting your chops, that like she was the driving force of the move, oh, and that she came man. to her senses, <laughs> dropped you like a hot coal, oh, and like it all gosh. fell, it all fell through. <laughs> 
and was like this major like disappointing life oh, event that I could man. give you a hard time about. You know what? And it's man? none of those things, <laughs> and that's so disappointing. Oh, that's so, it's just bad podcasting. I don't know if I'd be really. able to take that though. If that this was is, my reality, if you came stabbing at those sensitive spots, yeah, man, I'd yeah. be. <laughs> well, I would have turned it into some life lessons, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, as, as one does. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, and and ladies and gentlemen, this is this is just the risk of not do, that I run not doing show prep. If I, you know, if I had prepped John, if I had gotten some of this information in advance, oh my gosh, no, no I wouldn't have wasted no, your time no, with that lame story. No, that, of like I was moving no. up there for one job opportunity, and a better one came along. That's exactly how long that story. Needed to be. Well, I was moving up there for a job, and somebody offered me a better one. So I took. I d- I didn't even get like a. Yeah, I started dying, to, bro. Like, like I, you couldn't even give me. Yeah, I started to make the move, and then I realized like the Northeast sucked, and I wanted you know, to. Well, I wanted to stay free in Florida. Well, and don't not, get me and wrong. Not, that's not, a whole other part of it. The actual owner of the company, his dad, is the one that was obviously born and raised there. And he, when I told him I was planning on going up there, he's like, "Don't go." He's like, "Don't freaking go there." He's like, "That's where we got out of." Like, you don't want to go there. Yes. And, and everyone from Jersey's told me that but whatever man you can't stop yeah your heart like nobody's hopping in makeshift rafts to try to get back to cuba you no. know what i'm saying it's no different bro it's no different i think it might be a little bit nobody's different. brave in the open sea to get back but hey listen cost of living is skyrocketing down here maybe it goes down up there maybe i uh maybe i do the opposite of what everyone's doing everyone's coming to florida for safe haven Maybe I'll go uh, enjoy the uh, the blue state feel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you give me a call. Let me know. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> can, uh, so uh, so you're still here. Yes. Luck- luckily, yes. Yeah. I, I guess. And, for and, us. and and happy about it. I did. There was one really important takeaway in that story, and mm-hmm. I don't know if the if the listeners caught it. And this is why I'm the host because I pick out these little nuggets. But the the real takeaway that I had there was. Can you get me cheap or free ceramic tint for my vehicles? That was really <laughs> oh my the takeaway. You know what's and crazy, uh, man? I really can. And tints is the one thing that is not a problem to do that on. So listen, I don't know. Like, I there's been a heat wave. Like, it's hot everywhere right now. <laughs> Imagine our sales. So, they're they're, they're yeah, up there. Man. Normally, the the rest of the country, you know, this is their time to mock us, right? Like yeah. when they're freezing, we're all we're like we're down here like ha. Yeah. But then, you know, when we're melting and they're in the 60s, you know, like you have a nice summer night. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just hot. It's just hot everywhere. Now, you know, because of the, the fossil fuels and the car fart, the, the cow farts and whatnot. Cow farts, yeah, 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 both. Um, but uh, uh, Florida still, it's just a different, it's just a different heat. It's not to take anything away from, I get that it's hotter in places. Mm-hmm. I get that that heat is dangerous in places. Yeah. But when you're in a tropical climate, when you combine it with... <laughs> Just 100% humidity. It's not good. If you've never been in it, I mean, I'm just telling you, like you walk outside and you just feel like you have, like you're using, you're exerting physical effort to push your way through the air. <laughs> Literally, yes. Like burning extra calories. There's extra drag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something's it's, pushing you back. And man, I'm telling you, when we get like, uh, one of our vehicles is is black, our van. Yeah. And we get in that van at the end of the day and, yeah. uh, you know, where do we work? There's just no good where we can park, employee parking. There's Lovely. just no shade cover. Like Lovely. it doesn't exist. Yeah. And you get in and I mean, it's reading 113, 117 <sighs> degrees. But what's crazy, man, listeners, if you haven't ever out in this, here's a to- here's an interesting podcast topic for you. But legit, if you live someplace hot, look into ceramic tin. It's yeah. not like old school. T- it's right. a different thing. Right, like it's right. a whole nother ball game. Right. And it, and it can be like perfectly clear. You can like ceramic tint the yeah. windshield, right? Yeah. Like I hate how much Kel knows about everything. By the way, see, because this is like my quote unquote field of expertise. 
sounds to me like I've got nothing to educate this guy on. So we're good. <laughs> you He's know, just gonna... you know where this comes from, uh, and you'll know this because you stay caught up on the podcast at all times. All times, four episodes um, back, all times. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, our, our guest a, a few times back ago, and I'm going to tell you, we didn't really out it on the podcast, but um, we we didn't we didn't use his name for reasons I, I won't get on another redacted. Here. Yeah, but you can only play that card so many of course, times. Yeah, yeah, that's someone's name now. And uh, uh, Colin Menendez, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I brought him in. Uh, he's like an expert in expertise. Like he just has all these crazy areas of expertise. Wow. And one we didn't even get into on the podcast is he's just made himself an expert in these things. Why? Um, but th- it's just what he does. I just don't understand stats it. Stats and facts and and minutia and, and retains and, it all. And, yeah, and it's just and just. it's just right up his uh, alley. So thank you, Colin, for helping me to sound uh, educated on tint because that's a topic that comes up in conversation quite often. More down here than anywhere else, probably. Yeah, but but, it, but Kale's right though. Yeah. The ceramic tints are wild. They work really well. And yeah, you could do clear basically seventy yeah, percent. Yeah. And it does far more like regular tint. Like when you think of tint is really just reducing UV and brightness. And so you get some temperature reduction there. But ceramic plays on a whole different level where it's really heat blocking. Uh And so if you think about ceramic, like a ceramic mug, this isn't that kind of ceramic, right? right? This isn't porcelain coating on your window. But it does help both reflect and retain temperature. So it's actually easier to keep your – faster to cool your vehicle and stuff too. It's really cool stuff. Yeah. No, one of the the selling points is, you know, you got an EV. It's like, well, your car has to work less hard to keep it cool inside because you have these tints on there. So you get perhaps a little bit more mileage over time through that. And uh, I don't know. To me, this should have been invented a long time ago for Florida. I don't know what the deal is with that. But but we – dude, customers call us all the time. For like the follow-up appointments and they're like, man, my car is staying cool. Like they love it. So yeah. it's not a gimmick. It's a real thing. So if you're in Florida. Well, especially for uh, like Tesla owners, you yeah. know, where they have the, what is it, is it? The dog or the pet setting or whatever, where you can yeah. leave your animal in the vehicle yeah. and it will maintain a cool temperature and it puts up on their big screen. Like, <laughs> please don't break the windows. Yeah. Like I'm nice and cool yeah, yeah, in yeah. here. But for that, when, yeah, you're pulling off battery doing that. Yeah. One hundred percent. If you're a Tesla owner and you take advantage of that, you should be doing ceramic tint. Yeah. To to maintain that. Yeah. So I you got said, your back, man. Cheap ones. Let you said know. you guys had a couple of Rivians come through. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Actually, across uh, or the Orlando shop and Dallas, we've had two in Orlando. I've got one taking delivery in October, which feels like a year away. But then we've done, I think, two in Dallas. And I talked to Lewis. He has three coming in. Which models? Uh, this is R1T. Yeah, they, all of them. They hold up in person. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And to be honest. I wasn't even a fan when I saw only photos. And when I saw it in person, I was like, this they're, is... They're like, beefy. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's a capable off-road vehicle. You could put a human in that compartment, yeah. like that that behind cab compartment. Uh-huh. I mean, it's 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 wild, man. I, I don't know too much statistics-wise about, like, their pulling power and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, does does it stand up to, like, I don't know, like that, the Lightning, the Ford F-150? No, what's funny, Colin would, would know these stats. So oh, as far okay. as, like... How it measures up to Cybertruck, which we'll see what those numbers actually are when Cybertruck's yeah. actually rolling down yeah. the road, because those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Lightning and the the Rivian both have some cool features that, man, I'll be shocked if uh, uh, if Tesla, you know, doesn't take advantage of being kind of delayed on the Cybertruck and yeah. kind of retcon some of the features. Yeah. Uh, because like we've talked about it on here before, back when it looked like the Rivians were really close, and then that was you know the whole world. Uh, you know, we started getting the chip delays and all that stuff, and it delayed their deliveries. But when I became aware of the Rivians was on uh, the Ewan McGregor 
um, like miniseries or whatever with him and his buddy Charlie, where they ride motorcycles. Yeah, I've seen they've that. done long way up, long way down, long way round. So this was long way up. So they're riding from the tip of South America all the way up to Los Angeles. So they did uh, electric Harleys that weren't released yet. So they're riding basically prototype Harleys. And then their support vehicles were Rivians and they weren't released. So they were in like prototype Rivians and they worked with Rivian and with Harley and they had had chargers installed like along along the the route they were driving, but they still, there were times they still had to like beg electricity off of people. And then they didn't factor in times where like colder temperatures, you drain your batteries faster and stuff like that. (laughs) So they got into some hairy situations. But one thing, one of the features of the Rivian that they showed off on there that's really cool is tow to charge. So they could, you could pull it with another – so you know how um, – there's a, a fancy smart term for this. Uh, but you know how electric vehicles, even hybrids, will use energy from braking and they'll feed that yeah. some of that energy yeah. back what, what into – What is the term for that? For the, the something brake? Uh, regenerative braking, yeah, whatever. Something like that, yeah. Um, so it uses that same concept, but it's, it's pulling it to charge it. So you can actually tow it with another vehicle, get whatever it is. <laughs> like you get it going and it'll charge. So See, that was I'm a really cool feature on well. the Rivian. The the lightning, and I don't know why every electric vehicle maker isn't doing this. The lightning um, will allow you to basically, it's not reverse polarity, but basically you can pull power, you can connect your house. You got to have the electrical work done, mm-hmm. but you can connect your house to your lightning and draw power for your house. Oh, like yeah, you yeah, use yeah. the that lightning I, that as I've a heard backup. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about that on here. And yeah. like both of those features are something where I'm like, to have, like you buy a Cybertruck, you have that massive battery. Especially you're someplace like Florida, right, where where hurricanes are a semi regular occurrence. Even like um, you don't, it doesn't have to be a hurricane. You know, it's not uncommon to have. I mean, it storms all summer long, every right. day. You can set your watch by the afternoon <laughs> storms in Florida yeah. uh, in the summer. And some of the, I mean, it's big lightning. These are big events, and right. it's not uncommon to lose power for a few hours. Um, and so to have that big battery out there. And not be able to tap into it. it's kind of infuriating. I think. I mean, they don't have a projected date for it yet, do they? Cybertruck. Well, who? I mean, the, it's like the points on whose line is it, anyways. They don't. <laughs> the dates don't mean anything at all until yeah. until they're shipping. Until yeah. until you can drive one down the road. But I just think the amount of time between now and when it releases, they they. I mean, they better have something like that in there. I think at this point, they're they're talking actual 2023. What's going to be real interesting, yeah. you know, Elon in interviews uh, talked about. Because obviously the Cybertruck's pretty divisive yeah. design. Yeah. It's not for everybody. But then, you know, what vehicle is? What vehicle is universally adored? Uh, you know, there's some classics, but even then you're going to find your haters, Of course, yeah. Right? There's... Uh, but his, th- his point was, like, anybody can make a truck that looks like a truck. Like, we could do that. He's like, that's just not fun and exciting. I thought this was fun and exciting. He's like, and the reality is, if it, if it doesn't sell, if nobody likes it, We'll just slap a body on it that looks That's, like a traditional truck, and we'll call it. We'll it's call not it like a the work's like, been wasted. We can, right. we can yeah. always pivot. Yeah. So what's real interesting now is it's you know there weren't like uh, you know Rivian wasn't out there and kind of known there wasn't all this buzz right. and the Lightning wasn't At out all. there and so now it's you know with the Lightning you you can get presumably a, a really competent, capable you know electric truck from one of the big name manufacturers right. where there's just that little bit. More experience there, that little, you know, Tesla still takes hits on like manufacturing quality and, uh, you know, Very panel, panel so. gaps it's and, every, and it's stuff like that. Every car we get. Some of that, it's funny for me because, 
you know, you'll see videos where guys are like grabbing different components in the cab and they're like shaking it. And if it squeaks, they're like, would you put up with this $150,000 vehicle? I'm like, I've never grabbed that part of my car and <laughs> shook it in my life. So no, yeah, man. I don't care. No, but it goes back to, to, I just think a large percentage of Tesla owners just happen to be meticulous people who are very, very detail oriented. I also think it's the fact that it is such a revolutionary thing in existence, right? Is these consumer grade electric vehicles that the moment it comes out, you're going to get everybody looking at every little yeah. Thing and show, but to your point, I mean, when the new Camrys come out, there's got to be something yeah. that we're missing, but we're just not squeezing every part of the vehicle. But there is, you know, for sure, the bigger manufacturers and Ford and Chevy, yeah. and I can't even remember who owns what between yeah. VW, Porsche, Peugeot, yeah, no, right. Aston Martin, all that another, stuff. Now yeah. you can't keep up. Um, but they just have so much more experience. And so a lot of times, even in the lower end vehicles, which hey, these days, any truck, you want to go buy like a base model F 150, good luck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good luck. Um, it, you know, it just does, they've got more experience. Their processes are more refined, yeah. more, you know, a little it tighter a little stuff. More like, confident in it. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the cyber truck plays out in where it felt a little early before. And now it's going to be the late comer to, to the electric truck market. Rivian's actually shipping. They're actually on the road. Mm -hmm. I was somewhere. I can't remember where I was driving back from. I was on a longer road trip and a haul in Florida here and a whole hauler, like a whole vehicle hauler full of them. Really? Um, which which surprised me because I, I know they're running behind. I know the chip shortage yeah. hit, hit them. And, uh, man, the Lightning has sold like crazy. Oh, has it? Oh, yeah. I don't know much about it. Yeah, but the flip side is, you know, the um, the Mach-E, so the electric Mustang, yeah. which is funny because you're just slapping a, a badge on it. Like, <laughs> there's no Mustang heritage there, really. I know, yeah. It's funny. Um, but there was some big issue, some big recall with it. So it's... You know, you gotta tra you're trading off skill sets now, right? Okay, so maybe you, the manufacturing tolerances from a just a vehicle manufacturing standpoint with Tesla maybe are a little lacking because they don't have as much experience there. But they are leaps and bounds ahead of everybody on the experience of actually engineering and executing yeah. the electrical drives Everything and components to of do the vehicles. It, right. Everything that makes um, it exclusive. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, the batteries to the electric motors, those they've got more experience than pretty much anybody in at this point. So you see these big manufacturers, okay, Tesla's selling through the nose. They're the most valuable car company in the world, which is crazy. Uh, going, oh, I mean, well, let's, let's just do that. And the thing is you can't, you can't just do that. So <laughs> there's going to be a, there's going to be a learning curve there too. So I can't remember what it was with the the Mach-E's if it was the electric motors themselves or the batteries, but there was a serious recall for them. So like, I didn't even know they were yeah. they were shipping at at high enough rate cuz we didn't get any. That's yeah. kind of my 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 you know, my benchmark is if we're getting even a small amount, it's like okay, well they're kind of getting going, but we didn't yeah. get any, not one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've seen them um, like uh you know, where I work uh one of the one of our clients, one of our customers, I've seen them come through with one, but, really? but just the one. Um, so, yeah, it's is it's, it all going to be electric someday? I don't know because I got some customers. You know, I just you know some customers come in. I'm like, you know, they they seem knowledgeable about the the industry and the yeah. field. So I'll ask them. Some say yes, some say no. But I mean, a lot of them, a lot of the ones that say yes are talking about the government regulations on on energy and and all of that. So there's some there's some states, there's some countries just mandating it. Like we're not going to sell any, uh, you know, any you know gas vehicles, petrol vehicles, whatever. Are there any states got. that are full? Uh, I, I mean, think maybe California has said like, of course, California. The California, Come on, man. man, you guys are champions, dude. Um, what leadership? Hey, Gavin Newsom, next president of the United States. Oh man, we talked about it something last week. <laughs> 
Have, have you seen uh, Becca was on last week and she was we were talking about it. have you seen any of the Newsom ads? Because Gavin Newsom is running ads in Florida for, right now. For what? Uh, just DeSantis bashing and, you know, like, oh, nice. hey, you can come to California where yeah, we still yeah, value, yeah. you know, it's all these straw men accusations and arguments. And, you know, you can still say gay here. Like, well, I'm sitting in Florida and I, I just said gay right now and absolutely <laughs> nobody busted down the door. It's uh, well, oh. I just I just can't be employed by a school and talk to second graders about my sex life. I just yeah. can't do that. And I'm, no a, okay. I'm a okay with that. Right. I'm I'm okay with that stipulation. Did you see the recent? Um, oh, my goodness, dude. I, I Honestly, I wish I had it pulled up right now. It was um, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it was a, it was a senator, I think, talking to a professor. It was a very liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, what is this from? Um, it was, this blew it, my mind. it this was, was yesterday. It was Josh Hawley talking to, uh, talking to a law professor. Berkeley. Um, yeah. And, um, it was another one of those things where, um, you know, he was asking, uh, it might be worth pulling up the transcript. I, I don't know. I almost but want you to do that. It, it was just another one of these things that you've seen come out of these hearings where it's like, can you define a woman and they oh, won't man. do it or they, you know, but it's, that's not even where the conversation just, was going. Yeah. She kind of took it there. And so my only point in bringing that up is, is I'm very interested in the next like election cycle just to see just a heat check of where everyone's at, because I'm convinced, you know, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of people that, that were on the side of, you know, let's say maybe two years ago, they were all about the Cali culture and like, you know, progressive this and that it's gone so far in a crazy direction. I want to know where there's people, those people's heads are at the logical liberals yeah. that, that, you know, might exist. I just, well, uh, well, there, well, there's that. I mean, when you look at like the Dave Rubens of the world, so like if yeah, listeners aren't familiar yeah, with Dave Rubin, example. like Dave Rubin is a homosexual man. He's married to a guy. Uh, he was uh, a correspondent for the Young Turks. Like he's, you know, pretty liberal, pretty pro- progressive. And, you know, just as the parties move farther and farther uh, I say the party, like not pure and not every Democrat is going along with it. There are still some old school Democrats uh, out there, but just as as the left has shifted farther and farther and, and more more radical, there's people like Dave Rubin that just can't go <laughs> go along. And it's you know, things shift so much, it's like they find themselves more in agreement, you know, with with the right or with conservatives. And um it's it's interesting times. They've lost the comedians. Like yeah. the comedians yeah. have had it. Yeah. Like you find some of these that are like, you know, uh, you know, liberal, left, woke, whatever you want to say, comedians. Yeah. But they they rarely like their numbers. They they don't do well. Yeah, because people are just a. You know, if you're if you're gonna walk that line of like, I'm not gonna be offensive. I'm not gonna what. Well, comedy like that big blow up fill stadiums, fill arenas, like yeah. that cutting edge of comedy. It's, is a fence. Oh yeah, it's a shock value. Like I mean, good good luck being a massively successful comedian. You're not gonna offend anyone. Yeah, it's interesting to hear like Dave Chappelle talk about that type of stuff because yeah. he's fed up with it. It's it's crazy. I mean, but he's been hit by it. But, but back to the the car thing though. I mean, is that a policy you'd be in favor of? I mean, is that something you? Because I know you don't want the government's hands on every little thing. No. So. Yeah. The libertarian in me is is like no. I I don't like the idea. Of we're gonna we're gonna mandate you can't sell new uh-huh. uh, gas powered vehicles. You can't buy new gas powered vehicles. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, and, you know, I think electric probably is the future. There's just so many advantages. It's such old technology. I mean, you know, trains are still older and we're, we're still doing that. But yeah. part of the deal with trains is, you know, like the amount of car, the amount of weight, just raw, like cargo that you can move 
per gallon, you know, colossal. colossal gallon with a train is yeah. ridiculous. So it still to move from zone to zone and finish it off with mm-hmm. with trucking or or with motorized vehicles still makes a lot of sense. Trains as transportation make very little sense in America. I I get it. Like Europeans, if you're listening, you're in these countries. You know, you're in the these areas where countries are the size of U.S. states, uh, and everything is very dense and close. I get you like the convenience of hopping on and off a train. And there is there there are in some more metro areas where things are more condensed. We do have some successful like metro or subway systems, but this whole you know don't bother with a car. You're gonna have a bike. You're gonna ride a train. It doesn't work in most of America, yeah. guys. It's big here. Things are spread out. <laughs> it's pretty far away. And uh, like we like freedom here. We like liberty. And I don't want to get up and go when the train's arriving. I want to get up and go now. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. I'm going to get in my car and go. So if that's for you, that's cool. But it, it just doesn't work here. That's why you constantly see government subsidies for, you know, Amtrak and even, you know, like regional uh, train systems. They just don't. They just don't take off. No, I was going to say, I mean, I just, who do you know that (laughs) takes the Amtrak or takes the. Dude, we, we've done some train rides recently and we do it. We do it for funsies. Like we do it because my kid likes trains. (laughs) It's not how you get to the. Right. Like we went to, uh, in Bryson, North Carolina, we went and rode an old steam train. That was fun, but it wasn't for transport. It was entertainment. It wasn't like I've looked at, we like DC. We've got friends up in Boston. We've got friends up in Philly. Like, oh, maybe it'd be kind of fun. Maybe the romance of the train. Right, maybe we'll book like Amtrak. Hey, it takes for freaking ever. <laughs> I'm like, you don't it's like it's a train, you're on a track. What's yeah. taking so long? But it's because there's so many times. It takes forever. It's not inexpensive. It's yeah. not cheaper than flying. No. It's not cheaper than driving. Yeah. So the advantage is what? Like, I don't know. I can play Uno while we go. go I don't know. <laughs> See the countryside. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. But and there's still the issue of and. I don't know all the metrics well enough to break this down, but I did see a funny meme the other day that was a picture of a bunch of oddly train cars full of coal uh, that says, oh, look, they're they're hauling electric car fuel. Like you still have to generate the electricity. That's, and most of the ways the electricity is being generated yeah. aren't clean. Yeah. Uh, so oh, I, I, wow. I haven't seen a good breakdown. And if I have, I don't have it internalized. Of is it still less carbon emissions and pollutants in the air by the than, end of the whole than, process than if you were using gas? So yeah. if it's if you're burning the dirtiest fuel on the planet, whatever that is, if that's if that means coal and you're not doing carbon capture and you're not doing quote unquote clean coal, if that's what you're burning, generate the electricity to go into the car. Is it still less polluting for me to drive that electric car, say 400 miles, than if it was burning? Uh, you know, 10% eth- ethanol, you know, 87 through, through its lifetime gas- or whatever. Gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, for any given trip, right? I want to like know the answer to that though, because a I'm lot, sh- of- I'm sure it's out there and, uh, and you just got to look yeah. at it. So, uh, you know, the, the whole clean energy thing is still, it's still just real tough because a lot of things just aren't viable and we're sold that they are. And a lot of things yeah. there's, they're, they're, they, if they come across as viable, when I say a lot of things, I'm talking wind and solar mostly. Yeah. Um, a lot of why they even appear to be viable is because of government subsidies. Um, I think they work on a much smaller scale. I think we're at a point where we still need solar cells to get a lot more efficient than they are. Um, but they have gotten a lot better. And I think on a small scale, if you want to do solar for your residents, um, you know, 
I, I think maybe that makes some sense. I don't even understand. So, so would you ever do? We've been talking about it just because now, again, I, I don't know if this, I, I've got to do the math. We've been talking about it because I've got a big roof surface here that's exposed to sunlight right. the majority of the day. Yeah. Um, and because I've priced doing like a whole home generator here, like just a, a complete, like a powerful enough backup generator where I don't even have to think about, I want to be able to run the whole house like I normally do. I don't even want to have to think about, oh, well, the AC can run, but we can't wash clothes right now. Uh, yeah. And that price came out to around, uh, I want to say like, tw- it was it was somewhere between eighteen dollars and $20,000. For, for, for a generator installation? Power- yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that included, I don't have natural gas in my neighborhood, so I can't hook a gas line straight oh, up to it. So it, it'd have to be a propane tank. So I'd have uh-huh. to keep the propane filled. If I'm in a situation, Wait, I'm, I'm confused. Why? Why would you need that? Because the, the generator's got to burn something. Oh, okay. And you, you like, you don't want to be out there dumping gas. Right. You don't have to keep tanks of gas around. Oh, okay. So you want to be able to okay. either connect it to yeah, uh, like a natural gas line yeah. or or propane is is the next. And you can do a big propane tank, but at some point, you know, like when Charlie came through back in like '04, a lot of people were without power for a long time. I was one of them. Three, four, five, six, seven days. Nine. So now it's like, okay, well, I'm out of propane. Can I get somebody to come back out here and fill the propane back up? Um. So at that price point, then you start to look at, oh, well, if I if I did solar, I could put a giant battery in the garage. The solar could constantly charge the battery. And then if, you know, if the grid's down for nine days, well, the solar just keeps charging the battery. I mean, we just keep right on trucking and I don't have to worry about a propane refill or anything like so that. So where are you in the decision process now? Uh, nothing. Got to get quotes and compare actually. So yeah. there's government subsidies. So you get like a 20, which are about to decrease. You get like a 24% tax credit, not tax write-off tax credit. So you're going to get that discount. Yeah. Um, on your taxes, if I understand it correctly. And yeah. I, I'm, you know, my listener might be, you know, if we have any left wing listeners and I hope that we do, Amen. um, but, uh, you might be screaming at the, whatever you're listening to us right now. Uh, cause maybe I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that's a tax credit and that's about to decrease. So I got to look at like, okay, what's the, for the system I would want, right. Where I want a nice big backup battery. I want to, you know, um, uh, what's that price point look like? Then what's you finance that essentially, whatever that, I mean, you could pay for it out of pocket if you've got it, but uh, you know, look at what that looks like, either total cost out of pocket or what the financing looks like, how that compares to our monthly electric bills and how much those would be reduced. You got to see if it all makes sense. Yeah. I think the lifespan on these things is, is right around 20 years. Even that <coughs> the, the waste, when they're done, when the cells are dead or if they're damaged, I don't know what it is about the the components. There are rare earth like mineral or metal components are like toxic. Like you can't just dispose of them. So oh, there's even really? an issue on that backside. Yeah, there's an issue there with Whoa. the disposal of them. The other thing I don't know how it affects is it's like okay if these have they, if these things have like a 20 year lifespan, but I've only got like maybe 10 years left in my roof. Okay, well, if I have to have the roof redone, no. what does that look like? Do so, I have to pay you to come take the panels back off, yeah. get the roof redone, pay you to put the panels back up? So the, the most in-depth conversation <laughs> about solar that I've had has been with my uncle, and he considered it, I think, at one point, once he realized that there is no, at least from the from the sources of, of you know, solar panel, you know, providers that he's looked into, <clears throat> there's no plan for that. So if you yeah. have to redo your roof, you've got to pay for like a removal, yeah. pay for reinstall. So yeah, you're on the right track so of thinking. Somewhat of the solution there is right. Like uh, Tesla, they bought out, I think it was solar city. And I think that's all just under the Tesla name now, but they do the solar tiles. 
So the actual like roof tiles are the solar. Oh shoot! And it's the whole roof. But my thing is again. I live in Florida. <laughs> Tree falls on it. How, how, well, yeah. Like, how are those things going to hold yeah, up? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to have your shingles in the neighbor's yard. I don't yeah. know that I want my solar <laughs> tiles uh, in the neighbor's yard. So there's a lot to look at it. I've considered it because I think it does make some sense. But on the scale of powering your grid, it's just not quite efficient enough yet. So they, yeah. they use it to, to supplement. But um, then same thing, like wind. Part of why – so Texas took all this heat for their grid going down. Uh, whatever, like a year or two ago. Part of why their grid... Almost happened again in February, by the way. I was there for that. Well, part of their issues is because of how much they're trying to draw from wind power. And the problem is with those big old windmills is besides them killing birds and causing all (laughs) kinds of other problems, um, you know, got to save the environment. Screw the birds, but we're going to save the environment. (laughs) Um, Is if the wind doesn't blow, they don't make power. Mm. You can't just go spin them. It's a problem. Oh, okay. It's a problem. Yeah. Um, so there's just nothing perfect. The closest thing to perfect, the cleanest, the safest, the most reliable is nuclear. We haven't built a new nuclear power plant in this country since the 70s. It's been a minute, huh? It's been a minute. And this is something where... Even, you know, you like, there's some left-right agreement on this. Like, we have physicist Jason, mm-hmm. uh, well, electrical engineer, but also physicist <laughs> Jason come on the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, man, his political beliefs and, and mine couldn't be more diametrically opposed. Can you but, share with me the pros and cons of nuclear? Because I'm not too educated on that. Like, what, what, what's the opposing view of nuclear? Like, why? Why so, it's more expensive? Why have we not? Because all people think when they hear nuclear yeah. is Explosions. Fukushima and oh, Chernobyl and Three Mile Island. And the reality is the, the reactors and the designs have just come a long way. They don't have to be as big. They're, they're, they actually are easier to operate now. They're cleaner to operate. They're safer to operate than they were when those were built. Any countries flourishing on nuclear? Uh, it's either France or Germany get the majority of their power from, from nuclear power. Um, and so, yeah, you have at the end, you've got some waste you got to deal with, but that it's a minuscule problem compared to say the carbon emissions from coal or, or gas, uh, much more reliable than, than wind. Like you can get that reaction, that fusion reaction going on, uh, you know, regardless of what, what's going on with the weather, you don't need a stiff breeze. So part of Texas is pro- so, okay. So because they were trying to shift towards wind, that's why their grid went out. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons, um, in, including some mismanagement there. But yeah. part of the issue is the the percentage of the energy for, that they're trying to draw from from wind power, and it's not it's not constant, it's not reliable. So I'm thinking we try this thing. It's called the Green New Deal. You seen? The, how dare you? <laughs> You've been bewitched by AOC. You saw a pretty you saw a pretty Latin girl on TV, I'm and you're like, you know what? I think she's got plans. some points. I want you to know my plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you looking at AOC with some googly eyes going, tell me more. Well, I saw this YouTube video with the cartoon. It explained it well. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what the economy needs right now with our now 9.1% inflation, highest since 1981. Keep on printing, boys. Uh, Just keep on printing. Our president told us he thought it had peaked in December. We're a little past. We're a little bit past. Uh, December. We're closer to the following December than we are to the, yeah. the last. No, that's that's what I'm waiting for. No, I meant December 2022. Oh, okay. okay Come okay. on, Jack. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he got, dude, our president. Now, th- I mean, this is, okay, again, it's I try wild, I try and be like, 
I don't hide my my political beliefs or leanings on here. Conservative, libertarian, well established. Yeah. But I try to call balls and strikes on everybody. Yeah. I try to to be fair. I try not to do ad hominem. I try not to do. No, I'm I'm not a, a fire. You know, I'm not a grenade thrower. And I really like those types of pundits. Uh, you know, like the Ann Coulters of the world. Hey, go out and do your thing. But that's just that's not, not your that's game, just not yeah. mine, right? Because mm-hmm. when you do the stuff that's over the top, it it takes it takes away from it when you're given legitimate critique. Of course, yeah. Um, but man, it's not hard to find clips of our president losing his temper on everyday people asking a question, reporters asking a question. And I saw one just this week. He was, you know, somebody was, it's not like he's like shoving people around though. You can find that too. There's a, a clip of him like on a factory floor, you know, meeting and greeting. And a guy's asking about the second amendment. The president gives him a little shove. He wasn't the president at the time, oh, but, okay, okay. but gives him, gives him a little shove, gets okay, real heated. Yeah. And even this week, the, the polling for the president is not great, no matter how you look at it right now. And there was a, a reporter, uh, you know, shouting out a question to the president about there's polling that only like 18% of Democrats want him to run again yeah. in 2024. Oh my gosh! The and, rest just want him to not even try. And <laughs> man, the the, que- the president didn't didn't like yeah. that that line of questioning, and so he does this whole "Hey, hey, Jack," you know, oh, like he yeah. gets mad. I'm like, bro, you yeah. got to be thicker skinned uh, than than that. Like, if we're, if you're gonna, you know, like Trump can't can't take a joke. He's not, you know, he can dish it out too. Like yeah. he'll 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 give it, but he's he's pretty thin skinned. But yeah. like you can't knock him for it and then do the same thing. Right, right, right. And what what the uh, administration wants to focus on is like 94% of Democrats say if he's the nominee that they would vote for him. Uh-huh. Uh, and so the president saying, no, they do support me. 94% of them would vote for me. No, 94% of them would vote for you over whoever is right. running on the Republican uh, side, the Republican but that side, doesn't yeah. mean they want you to be the nominee, which is what the question was. Uh, you know what? When I, when, you, when I hear that, what I hear is 6% of Democrats, you have switched to Republican voters <laughs> because that's the other part yeah, of the what, 94%. What, I'm, an about, oh, I'm, an, I'm a nader. <laughs> so what's, what's Ryan Slime from the office? I'm a nader guy. I don't shake, that shake things up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> it's when he's voting for Oscar to win the uh, yeah. Halloween costume yeah. competition. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I don't um, I don't want President Trump to be the nominee. Um, and I I also don't like uh, just to, if I can go off on a little tangent here, and Please. I think I can because yeah. it's thought some podcast might be your host. podcast. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't like that practice in the United States of us continuing to call government officials by their title after they've left that office. Mm. So even if somebody was secretary of defense, you might still refer to them. Like if they're on the, if I had them on the podcast, yeah, secretary, whatever, uh, right. you know, uh, you know, secretary Rumsfeld, right. Yeah. Is, is president Trump, president, yeah. president Obama. Um, I don't like that. Uh, and, and I think I'm in good company because there, there's this funny moment between um, John Adams and George Washington back in the day. All right, George's president, numero uno. This is on CNN. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and John Adams is his vice president. Yeah. And uh, like John Adams just didn't know what to do with the vice presidency. He just hated it. Right? He tells his wife Abigail, uh, it was it was either Jefferson Jefferson or his wife that basically described the vice presidency as an instrument of torture, right? Like it's necessary. You've got to be there, but there's really not much for you to do, right? You're the president of the Senate, but you have no role to play unless you need to break a tie. Yeah. You're not the president, but you could be the president if things go wrong. Yeah. Right. So it's just this infuriating little role. And so like he tries pitching to the Senate where he really has no business to run things anyways, you know, like a more austere, 
uh, title for the president. <laughs> and, and Washington just flatly disagreed, like basically yeah. shut it down. Like just plain president was fine. John, that kind of thing. <laughs> they, they represent the, you know, we, we pull this from writings. Yeah, yeah. Obviously there's no, yeah. there's no video. There's video. no TikTok of right. it. Um, but uh, there's no found footage, so we pull this from their writings. But they use that to inform like an interaction between them in the John Adams miniseries. Yeah. That's very good. So, oh, that's awesome. So go go and watch that. But like the whole point is, we don't do nobility here. Like we don't do lifelong titles. So I'm like, I'm fine with Mr. Trump, Mr. Obama. Uh, you know, like I just uh, the this this whole we're gonna use the title forever for government officials. Yeah, we don't. I'm like, ah, we don't do titles of nobility here. That's that was it was a job title and you're not in the role you're like you're not in the job anymore. Yeah, that's true. I've never I've always wondered why we do that. Yeah, I'm not from being disrespectful. Like well, I've I don't always wanna... thought of it as respectful. Like yeah. oh, well, pre- well, president yeah. whatever, president. It is, but so Obama. is Mr. Mrs. No, yeah, uh, you're not wrong. You know, what whatever. So, there you go. All these people are welcome on my podcast, but <laughs> they're not getting they're not I might introduce them as former former president, yeah. yeah. And um, by the way, I think that that's way better. Yeah. Former it's more accurate. It's yeah. it's it's better. So anyways, I, 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 I was, I've said it on here before. I didn't, I didn't vote for, uh, former president Trump, uh, the first time around. Um, I didn't vote for, for Hillary either. Um, I, I did vote for him the second time around because I got, I, I wasn't thrilled with his behavior. I'm not, I'm not crazy about the way he conducts his personal affairs. I'm not crazy about the way, uh, that he talks. I, I do want somebody with more class and, and gravitas, yep. um, which the problem is it's tough to, you do need somebody, you do need a happy warrior. Like Reagan said, you need, do need somebody who can go on the attack and can fight for, for an agenda can push for what they think is right. Uh, but you need to do that without being a jerk. Yeah. You need to have that in, in your repertoire. Yeah. Uh, right. But um, you know, I trade, I trade mean tweets for gas prices right now. Like it absolutely <laughs> would. <laughs> Um, I'm sure, a know, lot of people so, that complained about the tweets would too. Ultimately, if you could have just turned off the social media, what we got from from President Trump's administration was a, a much more conservative administration than I thought I was going to get. Um, unfortunately, not as as fiscally conservative. Well I, well, I say not as not fiscally conservative at all. Mm. It has as much of a role in the blame for our current financial situation, economic situation, uh, as many of our, our past presidents. Yeah. I mean, it's been we haven't had a budget surplus in this country since Clinton. I mean, um, I, I don't know the last time. I'd have to look it up to tell you the last time Congress actually uh, published like actually passed an official budget instead of continuing resolutions and stuff, which is one of their few actually constitutionally defined jobs for all the crap they try to do that is not their business to do. One of the things they're actually supposed to do is, is pass a budget. And, this and, is and all they so haven't. screwed up, man. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I say that, but I just, um, I, I'm so sick of the division. And that doesn't mean that I want to like, sacrifice and compromise on all my principles and everything that I think is right. I just want somebody who's less divisive. Right. I want somebody who can disagree without, without hating, who can disagree without being nasty. Um, Do you remember a time where that was ever the reality though? It just depends. Like, I, I feel like a lot of times it feels like the worst it's ever been. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I think, I think that's that, probably that's, that's phones and media and the, yeah. the ability to take in other opinions and rage and all that. Well, I think there's a strong possibility that everybody has always felt like they lived in the dumbest time ever. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree um, with you. So th- there's that. There's also looking back with rose colored glasses. Yeah. Right. So I would say I would look back and say, like, 
Yeah, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, Reagan was a, a, a uniter and a communicator and you could rally behind him. But A, like I was born in, in 80. So it's not like I was, you know, totally hip to all the political goings right. on. And, yeah. you know, he was president from uh, whatever it was, 80 to, to 89 or, or whatever. Um, you know, so uh, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to say. Um, it may, maybe there hasn't been. Maybe Washington was the last one or, or where everybody was like, yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> that was it. I mean, you, that, do done. you go back, read up on the election of 1800. Read up on the election uh, for, for John Adams second term, it's, uh, Adams running against Jefferson and it was nasty. Oh yeah. Nasty dude. Like then people need to know this stuff. Jeff- man. Jefferson circulating uh, stuff in newspapers about Adams being a hermaphrodite. Then, I mean, it, dude, okay, it was na- like politics or politics. Nothing's changed then. No. Yeah, everybody calm down. It, dude, they had been dear <laughs> friends and then they, they patched it up later in life. And you can read all these amazing letters between wow. and even, uh, on his, so they both, uh, Jefferson and Adams died on the same day. They both died on July 4th, uh, 50 years after the signing of the declaration of independence. Yeah, that's, a, that's a storybook um, right there. And, uh, Adams's last f- famously Adams's last words were Jefferson lives. And then there's debate about whether or not he was referring to the declaration of independence, like what we fought for to survive, like Jefferson's document, Jefferson right. lives or Jefferson survives, or if he was just ticked because he thought Thomas Jefferson had outlived him. <laughs> More than likely, I think he's talking about the person, but it'd be a fire-ending yeah. line to say they, Jefferson they lives. Had, they had patched up a lot of their uh, oh well their then, differences by then. Huh. But you can visit. Uh, so, That's so interesting of the like historical like founding father type presidents. Um, you can visit several of their homes, but the ones I've been to are Washington's, which is Mount Vernon, which is just outside of uh, Washington D.C. There on the Potomac. How close Ooh. to like the original have they kept it? Oh, very. Wow. Very, very. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that um, in elementary school. Yeah. And uh, then Thomas Jefferson's Monticello, which has actually been in the news uh, a lot here uh, lately because uh, a, a lot of people are, are taking issue. They're, they're pri- these homes are privately owned and yeah. operated at this point. They don't take government funds. It's nonprofits that, that operate them. And um, so uh, the the group that, uh, organize, that that handles Monticello, Jefferson's home now is taken uh, I would say a lot of heat, of course, about 50, 50 people that are mad or support that, that just feel like you go and visit now. And all of the focus is on, uh, the slaves that lived there and yeah. the slave trade to the detriment of like, nobody's saying, don't recognize that. Don't be honest about that. But it's, you know, everything is about that to the detriment of the historical of, piece of his there. accomplishments right, of yeah. the thing, you know, of, right. of the good that Jefferson did and accomplished. Yeah. And it's fine. Like the dude's a dichotomy, right? Like he's, he, it's, it's hard to, <sighs> it's hard to reconcile these things. I think it's tough though, man. People have to understand that that's, that's humanity's standards as a whole, evolve, like just changing over time. And, and you can attribute to whatever you want, but like the reality is like, you know, any person outrageously upset with that, if you copy and pasted them back into that time, there's a chance they'd be involved with the same stuff that they're. Well, and that's what people who like to uh, rake um, people's historical actions over the coal, whether that's thousands of years old, hundreds of years yeah. old, or even five years old now, yeah. 10 years old now, right? You can get, if you refer to the actor who now prefers to be called Elliot Page as Ellen Page, which is how everyone knew them for a long time. Oh. Uh, then you have dead named them. Yeah. If you post, if you do that on Twitter, you can be removed. You can be, yeah. you can be canceled. You can Inciting lose your violence for dead naming. Yeah. I don't know how far you have to go back. It's not many years. My, my guess, if you go back five years, you would be hard pressed to find someone 
who knew what the term dead naming meant, if the term even existed it then. It did not. So now <laughs> if you go back, so can you cancel somebody? Can you go back and find a tweet from five years, a post on whatever social media from five years ago where they dead named somebody and cancel them for that? People, oh. people do stuff like that now. So it's you, you go back to slavery was an abomination and right. one that this country paid an incredible price in blood to end. Right in the Civil War, right. But it was a societal norm, right? At the time of our founding, right. America didn't invent it. We also didn't end it. We ended it here. The slave trade in the world right now is much, much bigger than the slave trade of the 1700s, 1800s. People was. need to educate themselves so proportionally with their outrage. So you grow up in a time when it's the norm for there to be slaves. And it's been the norm throughout history for there to be slaves, one culture to the next. Um, and everyone you know, everyone you respect, everyone that teaches you, every every adult you come across, all, all these people, the laws in the land that you grow up in have codified this. This is legal, this is right, this is permissible, this is, this is whatever. Do you know how... How forward thinking, how how advanced, how self-aware, how brave you have to be yeah. to question that. Right. To go against that. Right. So at the at the time that Jefferson owned slaves in Virginia, it was against the law in Virginia to free those slaves. Even Washington, uh, who freed his slaves, he freed his slaves on his deathbed. They were freed in his will. Mm. And even then the laws were such that the slaves that they owned. Uh, at Mount Vernon, at, at Washington's estate, um, the slaves that they owned that had come through his wife's side of the family, he didn't have legal right to free so them. So they weren't freed. They weren't freed. Oh, smokes, right? Man. And th- this is this is the the law of the land. And so what what I'd love to hear them teach, and I, I've visited Monticello several times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love it. I, it. Mount Vernon and Monticello in particular are so representative of the men who lived there. They're such so different estates. You like you feel like you can actually get to know them. That's Particularly awesome. Monticello, where uh like Jefferson was the engineer. Like he designed it. He had the same thing with the University of Virginia. Like he designed it, had it, had it built. Um so it's it's very interesting. And I, I've visited them back to back on several occasions. I've been at one one day and one the next day, and you get these contrast between the, these men. It's incredible. But so I intentionally, because they've, they've been making this shift at Monticello of putting more and more focus on, on the slaves that were there. Like it certainly, it needed to be brought to, they needed to address it more, but it's like the, the pendulum just kind of swung yep. too far. And it's, yeah. it's become to the point where, you know, you two were there and, and you'd get the impression that Jefferson did nothing good, did nothing of note in his life. But so I, I know a fair amount, I'm, I'm not a, a, a Jefferson scholar, but I know a fair amount about Thomas Jefferson. Um, And so I, I I like to intentionally in these group tour settings, ask the docents questions where I know if they answer them accurately and honestly, it's going to paint a better picture of Thomas Jefferson and one they're not wanting to present. (laughs) And so there's things like, um, you know, and we've talked about on the podcast before, and I've I've probably shared this, this same thing before, but you know what, if Joe Rogan can talk about DMT every three episodes, I can talk about Thomas Jefferson. Um, but um, back back in those days, you know, we we uh, people identified more with their state than than their country, right? I'm a Massachusetts man. I'm I'm a Virginia man. You know, for, I'm you know whatever. Um, and they would even refer to it as the, as their country, right? 
uh, and this is even as their as their colonies, but even more so. So as it became clear that we were headed towards independence, that we were going to declare independence, um, you know, and if that effort were to be successful, which was by no means a certain thing at all, yeah. Um, Jefferson was very concerned for his home of Virginia. He wanted Virginia to be ready to govern itself. Mm. Jefferson wrote unrequested, and they weren't adopted. Jefferson wrote three different constitutional drafts for just for Virginia. For Virginia. Oh, wow. All three of those drafts included the abolition of slavery. Wow. All three. Jefferson's solution for, for slavery, again, think about, uh, you know, because some people will be mad at the way, at, at how I refer to this, but you have to put yourself in those times. You, it's not. Which is, to be fair, it's not possible. It's, it's incredibly difficult. But again, you go back to thinking about the situation, thinking about what right. he's up against, thinking about how important to the economy of Virginia, the economy of the country, slavery is, how ingrained it is, how normal it is, particularly in the South, people, you know, like it to to question, like you're questioning, like the the fabric, the existence. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm I'm not saying you shouldn't write that wrong, but it, it's so easy to sit here, right. you know, almost right. 250 years later and go right. like, "What took you oh, so long, yeah. bro? Idiot." Yeah. Um, it's too. Oh my goodness. So so when I when I say that his solution was very elegant. It's not saying that I prefer his solution over like, hey, cold turkey, we're going to end this right now. Slaves are free and we'll figure it out. Yeah, Yeah, that would be preferable, right? Messy, but preferable. Jefferson's solution was this. If they had adopted any of those constitutional drafts, it's the Constitution of the State of Virginia. Every, Every person, every human born in the state of Virginia from this date forward is born free. I think in the context... You have to see him, right? If you're if you're a critic of his, or if you're if you know if you want to go to that estate and say, "Whoa, who did that?" You have to see him as the most progressive of the bunch. Then, I mean, I don't know other states' leaders if they had the same views as him. I'm sure many didn't, right? But it took yeah. a couple of years to get to the Civil War after that, and I say a couple as over a hundred. There but. was already a large burgeoning abolitionist movement, uh, you know, at at the time. So yeah. there were a lot of people that su- that supported the abolition and and were working towards the, the yeah. ab- abolition of slavery. There were abolitionists, uh, you know, at the at the Constitutional Convention. There were uh, uh, it, it just throughout. It just doesn't yeah. get presented. And even yeah. you know, we we twist the history of things. You know, people will point to, oh, you know, th- this is where you get into things like the 1619 Project. When you get into critical race theory of these things that teach uh, that uh, America has been uh, has been built on the backs of racism, and our very systems that America's built on uh, are are racist. Uh, right, and they will point to things like, and it's 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 a twisting of history, things like the three fifth clause in the yeah. Constitution of, oh, the the Constitution was racist from the jump. Well, when when you get into what the three fifth clause was actually intended to do, it was actually an abolitionist compromise, and the the point was what the uh, what the slave owning states, what colonies, uh, well, no, at that point we're we're moving from. Uh, the Articles of Confederation to uh, to the Constitution, so it's the Constitutional Convention. So, um, what the what the slave owning states wanted was for all of their slaves to count as whole people, for the purpose of apportioning representation. Yeah, 
um, which would have the, – the southern states were already very rich, were already very powerful. That would have given them overwhelming amount of political power. It would have given them this massive voting block. To count them as uh, whole, yeah. Right. So the – and they weren't talking about giving them rights. They weren't talking yeah. – certainly weren't talking about recognizing them as people yeah. uh, for any other purpose, but for the purpose of apportioning representation. It's crazy. Uh, they, they wanted to count them as whole people. So yeah. it was actually an abolitionist – compromise to, to count them as three-fifths to reduce that political power of the South to have any hope of eventually abolishing slavery yeah. politically and, and yeah. otherwise. Uh, and so, you know, with Jefferson, you don't get, yeah, you get taught that he owned slaves. Um, you look into how many times he bought or sold slaves. And uh, the answer is very, very, very few. He inherited almost all of his slaves. And again, He's living in a time when it's illegal to free them, and he inherited most of them. And when you look into the times where he did buy or sell slaves, I don't want to diminish it. We're talking about buying and selling human beings. Yeah, as we sit here right now, that's so horrific. That's Insane. so yeah. obviously disgusting yeah. um, to, to even say that out loud, that that was a thing. But again, it's still going on right now. Uh, the 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 sex slave trade in this world globally is massive right now, and it's not like we're all mobilizing to to put it to an end. Yeah. It's not like we're putting all our resources into making sure that stops. So, uh, you know, how worked up are we about slavery? Right. Um, but the the times that Jefferson did buy or sell slaves, not not exclusively, but almost always, were to keep family members together, to either reunite or to keep family members together. Oh wow. And I got that answer out of a docent at Monticello, so don't at me. Uh, uh, you know, so it's you know it's these these really cool estates. But all that to say, the the third one that I visited, there's others you can go and visit Monroe stuff like that. But the other one that I visited and I really love is John Adams. It's in Quincy, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. Uh, his home estate is called Peacefield, and it's one of my favorites to visit. But there in in Peacefield, you go and do the tour, and you can actually still see. The chair that he passed away in. Oh wow! It's a little macabre, that's but awesome. still kind of yeah. kind of cool. So that's the chair where he sat and said, "Jefferson." <laughs> I think it's either Jefferson lives or Jefferson survives. I can't remember which, but the sentiment, yeah, the same either way. It's crazy you can go visit those places, man. You know what's funny is I I, I had like one of my most profound just moments, and it shouldn't have been, but it was. <laughs> Uh, like moments or experiences with history was actually at Peacefield. It was at John Adams' house. And we had this great docent walking us through the house. And one of the displays were not unlike the the one I have behind you in, in my home. Uh, it was a display of of their china, of their of their flatware, right? It's 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 plates, it's serving dishes, it's utensils, it's whatever. It's in this display. And the docent just took the time to say, you know, sit and think about who ate off that, not just John Adams, not just John Quincy Adams, also a president, um, but the historical visitors that would have been to the house. I, I don't want to name them for getting them wrong, but the types of people, Thomas Jefferson, Washington, yeah, yeah. Franklin, um, <laughs> it, it just made them so real. It was this very real moment, right? That's it so wasn't crazy, this minutia man. of history. It wasn't, it wasn't this date or this place. Yeah. It was right there in um, front of you, you know, like, you know, concepts of the formation of our, of how our government was going to work, of how our country was going to work were had over meals, <laughs> you know, served. And it just made the, the people and the instance so real. And, th and that's the same thing. They do a great job with that. Again, like I I'm all for um, painting a realistic picture of how 
Um, and of course, there, and there weren't slaves at Peacefield there in the North, right? John Adams, not a slave owner, mm-hmm. but very much an abolitionist, um, was very much troubled by. He was actually the first resident of the White House. It wasn't Washington because it wasn't built yet. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah. John Adams. I knew that. And, wow. and really struggled with um, the slave labor that was used to build the, the White House yeah. and, and the artisans and stuff. So he had a really hard time with that. Um, but uh, it, it, it's just it, it's just so so humanizing. And so I, I'm all for when you go to these historical sites, let's paint an accurate picture, but let's make it an accurate, accurate picture. Just like people now where everyone has this capacity for light and this capacity for darkness, right? right? We're all foreign beings and it's for, for all of someone's positives, there's going to be some negatives and vice versa. And so uh, like, it's very telling, you know, I, I've done one of the like character tours at Mount Vernon at Washington's home where this woman is in character, uh, as, a, as an actual enslaved person. She's based on a, a real life person who was enslaved at, at Mount Vernon. Um, <laughs> And, and plays the role in character as she's touring the property and talks about things like how she's secretly squirrel, squirreling away pieces of fabric so that she can sew some things together like for her child. So like that. And it's this great representation of what, what the life for those people was like. And it doesn't, um, it doesn't downplay it. It doesn't try to, to soften it. It's realistic, yeah. but also doesn't detract from the great things. Right. That Washington did. It's let's paint the whole picture. Let's let's get the the whole man, the the whole woman throughout. I mean, pick your time period uh, throughout history. Let's just do the the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's cool to visit those places because you do you get to see and touch and feel the history. You're walking where they they walked. You're you're you to some extent you're touching the things they touch. Right. Like a lot of things are behind velvet ropes and of stuff course, like that. Yeah. But it's like you're at, at Peacefield. You're rounding a corner and there's just just this big chest of drawers, this big stand that, um, you know, John Adams served. He was our first ambassador to Great Britain. He was our first ambassador to England after independence. Imagine that. Imagine that. Uh, but so he, fin- he, spent a, he spent a fair amount of time over in, in Europe. And so it's this, it's this big dresser like he bought and had shipped back from Europe. You can just walk by like you can put your hand on the thing. Like he touched that thing and you can touch that thing. And it <laughs> so just makes, crazy. it just makes the people so so real. Yeah. When you, know you see I mean? it right there in front of you. It definitely uh, jumps up off of the page. That's so cool. How we got here from windmills and solar yeah, is, a, is, a, is a feat <laughs> that you really only get oh, man. from the Solid But you took, you took us podcast. on a journey, though, and I love it. Holy that was great. cow. Man, yeah. oh, man. I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm intrigued <laughs> to listen back to that and figure out how the heck. <laughs> it doesn't take much to get me talking no, about the I fa- love it, founding man. fathers. I love it. There's nothing like um, when you're passionate about something, man, communicating that. How many times have you been, by the way? Oh, I, I don't I don't even know. Peacefield uh, and, and Boston. Yeah, multiple to, Jeez, to all these places. Yeah, like if, I, if I'm up in the Boston area, there's a few things I'm going to do yeah. for sure. I'm going to eat at Finagle a, bag, a bagel. Uh, they've uh, got the best everything bagel you'll ever have in your life. Finagle bagel. I actually, my first trip there was actually on uh, our honeymoon and we were uh, walking through uh, Boston common and there was this dude with a little stand. He was selling pickles. You get like three spears for a dollar. He's And I mean, and he's a hype man, right? Like he's slinging uh, he's pickles. Selling. So we're like, whatever, we'll get some pickles. Um, these are the best pickles I've ever had in my life. They're fantastic. And he's excited about these pickles, family recipe, whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, you wait, I'm going to be in every grocery store in America. Well, next time you're in Whole Foods or Publix, at the very least, I know they're in those, uh, 
watch for Grillo's pickles because that's that dude from Whoa. that cart. I have Grillo's pickles in my fridge right now. You can have a Grillo's pickle before you leave. <laughs> oh wow! Um, so Look at that. So we're gonna get some Grillo's. Wow, you know how to tell um, a story, man. What the? But we're uh, we're gonna walk the Freedom Trail. Oh, about it's about a three mile walk to walk the Freedom Trail. And uh, it's going to include uh, the the new state house in Massachusetts, which isn't very new. It was built quite a long time ago. Uh, it's going to include uh, a cemetery where um, Benjamin Franklin's parents are, are buried. Uh, Sam Adams is buried there. The victims of the Boston Massacre are buried there. Um, John Hancock is buried there. And I feel like I'm forgetting somebody else famous and important, but those are the big, big names. An interesting one if you're ever there. And I want to say that's the old Granary Cemetery. Might be wrong about that, but it's a cemetery right off right off Boston Common. And you can visit the Frog Pond and Boston Common, all that stuff. Um, but that same cemetery, there's a headstone. There's markers in there, so you can find these people for uh, Mary Elizabeth Goose. You ever heard of Mary Elizabeth Goose? No. Yes, you have. Okay. Because you know her as Mother Goose. Oh shoot. So Mary Elizabeth Goose is buried there Whoa. In, that, in that same cemetery. That's a real name. Yep. Um, so <laughs> you uh, you visit the old Massachusetts State House on the uh, the Freedom Trail, uh, which is where... Oh, this place is just loaded, man. So there's uh, just outside of the, the old State House there. There's a there's a little circle of pavers on a on a little sidewalk island. So there's two or three roads that come together there, and it kind of creates a little sidewalk island. There's a little circle of pavers there. That's where the Boston Massacre occurred. Oh shoot! Right there outside the State House. Holy you can look up from that spot. You can see a balcony on the. Well, you can tour the old State House. Um, but um, there's uh, you look up. There's a balcony right there, and that balcony is where the Declaration of Independence was first read. Uh, in the city of Boston, it was from that balcony. You can visit the Old South Church. Um, great history to the Old South Church, but the Old South or, or Old South Meeting House, sorry, Old South Meeting House, is actually where the Boston Tea Party was launched from. So they were having a meeting, a rally there, and and uh, there was actually a code phrase uh, from Sam Adams for the Sons of Liberty at that meeting that was something along the lines. If I'm paraphrasing, it's only slightly like there's nothing more that we can do with words. Something along the lines was the code phrase for we're about to go chuck some, some tea in the Harbor uh, from the old South meeting house. You're going to visit the uh, old North church. So the old North church is where the lanterns were hung for the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Yep. By, the British uh, are coming. Yeah. So the old, you can go and visit the old North church. Uh, you're going to uh, be able to visit the USS constitution, which is the uh, oldest, com- like still sailing, commissioned warship in the world. It's, really, it's nicknamed Old Ironside. So it's this old uh, wooden, uh, you know, tall ship, ma- you know, big mass, big sails. My name is on that ship, actually, because the last time I was there, they were redoing the uh, copper plating on the outside. And in their museum, they had the copper plates they were putting on, and you could engrave your name on the plates that they were going to put on the ship. Okay, so my name is on kill. the USS Constitution. What? Um, but that it's it's not a museum piece; it's a float. And so they actually take it out of the harbor twice a year to turn it and put it back in, so that it weathers evenly. Oh, so they do wow. this joke. It's it's staffed by uh, U.S. Navy, like it's sailors that that staff the USS Constitution. And so they, when you do the tour, they do this joke that it could actually be sent to battle. Like it's, it's an active duty commissioned sailing ship. It was commissioned by George Washington. Uh, but their joke is like, it could be sent to battle. The battle would be over before we got there, but we could be, we could be sent. Uh, a smooth and sail then out. you can, you can visit uh, Bunker Hill, which has a, a big obelisk type monument. Uh, you can climb it. It's 298 stairs. I'm going to tell you right now, 
it's not worth the climb. <laughs> You've done it. Uh, I mean, if you haven't ever done it, do it, I guess. Uh, but when you get to the top, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't know if I should have oh, climbed all those stairs. Brother. So you did it once. Did it once. Yeah, and it. I probably won't do. I, I go over there and visit. I'll, I'll, that's the end of the Freedom Trail. Yeah. So you kind of start, you know, in Boston proper. I get the feeling you like history. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, I do. Like, I like history in general. I yeah. particularly like American colonial history, revolutionary yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to have the entire Freedom Trail, kind of every stop memorized. So I, I, I give you the... The big hits. Yeah. The, the site of the first schoolhouse is there. Uh, you can visit. Uh, it's uh, Ben Franklin's home is no longer standing, but you can visit the site. There's a nice museum there. Uh, some apartment buildings he owned uh, are still there. You can visit that. There's uh, a printing press, uh, a Ben Franklin printing press. I actually have a bill. I can show you. But I have a, a bill, like paper money, that was printed in Franklin's print shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool. On the back, it says to counterfeit is death, which is dope. Um, so, uh, so this, awesome. yeah, some really, some really cool history there in Boston. Jeez, of course, man. Philly's, Philly's got its own. New York's got, New York has some, uh, cool, uh, revolutionary colonial history, but New York didn't really, didn't really do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I've been up, but if I'm going to Boston, uh, one of the things you can't see on the, the freedom trail, you, you've got to go, it's worth leaving town to go visit Lexington and Concord for sure. 100%. Uh, you know, you can go and visit the bridge, shot heard around the world, that the whole shebang there. Um, and, uh, but I, I go to, to Quincy, I go to, to Braintree and visit Peacefield. I visit John Adams. So, and actually there, there's two things you visit there. So actually, um, the, the house where John Adams was born, you can still visit there. So there's, there's two buildings there, the one he was born in, and there's another one right next to it, uh, that he kind of grew up in. They're all tied to the family. And then you can go to, to Peacefield, which is the big house, like kind of once he had, Achieve some some yeah. success and notoriety. He lived in Peacefield, Boston Massacre. That's the one I want to go to. I'd freaking be weird to stand there. It's like whoa. It's funny because you're you. I mean, you can if you if you really want to. If you really want to force it, you can kind of close your eyes and be transported. But really, you're standing in the middle. You're surrounded by a bunch of like big city buildings, yeah, and so uh, you know you're in the middle of like a crosswalk essentially like there's several cars but it's going still by. crazy to me that one like standing right there where it happened is a little tough to get into Nah, i, I wouldn't moment, it but, wouldn't be tough for me yeah i feel like i would just see the city fade away and i'd see just i don't know i just i don't know just the, the fact that you're at the longitude and latitude where it yeah it just is so surreal man i haven't done enough of that type of stuff in do life you, do you know that um John Adams, who was a lawyer, he was a farmer and an attorney, mm-hmm. um, that he defended the British soldiers who who shot the Bostonians in the Boston Massacre. He defended them in court. Did he really? Yes, because John Adams, maybe more than any American before or since, believed that we were a nation of laws, not of men. Now, at the time, we were, we were a colony. He defended them under yeah. British law. Oh. But he believed that they deserved... Like a representation fair. at a fair trial. Wow. <laughs> wow. So consistent across the board, then the means to the ends and, and the whole way through stayed the same. That's pretty, isn't it crazy? It almost seems like that type of leadership is just, man, it's gone. It's not like there's nobody out there, Yeah. but man, they're few and far between like it's people like who virtuous, want to, who, like, who want to serve, who don't just want to like, too many people go into politics because they can't make it in like music or acting. Like, I'll go, I'll go get famous that way. Yeah, just talking. I mean, smack. it's not like I'm specifically talking about AOC, yeah. but some some people just like they, you know, they don't have any Savage. real, they don't have any real talent to, yeah, yeah. to speak of, yeah. uh, other than uh, you know they could sell snake oil. Yeah, and so 
they do that and they Rock get elected out. and now yeah. they get to hang out and hobnob with celebrities and get followers and uh you know that's really what's going on and it's you know i i picked on on aoc there there's people like that on on the right and the left yeah. there you know there's big names uh you know it's it, it's it's just the government uh, got too big man it really you know it's funny. Part of the problem is, you know, capitalism gets blamed for all kinds of things right now. And the, the problem is really we don't have a capitalist system. We have a corporatist system. Yeah. Um, and, and the reality is if we kept government, federal government in particular, as small as it was supposed to be, yeah. it wouldn't be worth buying. It wouldn't have enough power to, to make anything yeah. happen. You know, if we did things that just seem, uh, you know, obvious to me that need to be done, like – greatly simplify our tax code. Why can't our tax code fit on one or two sheets of eight and a half by 11 paper? (laughs) And it's because when it's giant and convoluted and complicated, then you can use it to punish enemies and reward friends and make criminals out of everyone. You can really do whatever you want. There's all kinds of interesting social media accounts, books and stuff like that called, uh, you know, like crime a day, stuff like that. The the point being, it's like there's so many laws on the books state level, federal level, whatever, so many laws that we're all breaking several laws every day, every American in the country. Where it's, and that's part of where it's like, if the government wants you, if they really want to come after you, they've probably got you. They've probably got you on something. That's too scary, man. And, and it's, but yeah, if, if government was constrained, if it didn't have all that power, no, no business would be throwing money at it because why, yeah. why would you? Yeah. But instead, it's a crooked system. Corporatist. That is that is the best way to label it. Yeah. It really is. Because when you actually know what's going on, the transactions, the the favors, the lobbying, all of that, you know that that's what it is. Well, we, and, you know, I talked about it some with uh, with Becca on last week's episode. Um, you know, it's when you've got these people that have been in office forever and they're not making a ton of money in office, they're making decent paychecks. I don't want to downplay it, right? You know, they're making six figures, but they also have to, they've got to maintain a residency in their district or in their state and they've got to, you know, uh, keep one in DC and whatever. But when they're in and they become just multi, multi-millionaires. Something's up. What, what happened? And so it's, oh, well, it's restricted. You, you know, max anyone can give to, to this individual, to their campaign. Is X amount of money. Mm. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm I'm hosting um, like a retreat for my employees. We need a keynote speaker. I'd like to book you to come speak. And I'd like to pay you $150,000 to come, yeah. come be that keynote speaker. How long do you need me to speak for? Eh, whatever, five, 10 minutes, whatever you feel like doing. I'm not, I'm not donating your campaign. I'm paying you for a service of coming to speak. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, but the, you know, and, but then there's, you know, there's the, the libertarian in me. There's the, you know, the free speech believer in me where I'm like, I, I don't know how much we should be respending, restricting how much money people can give and how they can spend their money. Interesting. And, but the point uh, is just gets, that, that, that gets real tricky. The point is that if that system is in place though, there's clearly fishy stuff going on. Cause that, that's not being yeah, technically uh, it's being upheld, but stuff I'd like, you know, give me a magic wand, make me, make me King for a day, tyrant for a day, you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm still super undecided on term limits, but I think, I think we probably need to go that way. Yeah. Uh, I think um, I would almost rather see um, like, Hey, you know what? You don't worry about maintaining a residence in DC anymore. Uh, we're going to build uh, some congressional residences. They'll, they'll be 
reasonably appointed apartments. If you have a family, there's some bigger ones. If you don't, there's some economy ones. They'll be nice. They won't be ratty. They won't be whatever, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be lavish. Yeah. And and you can live on those, and the congressional budget will will cover the upkeep and maintenance of those. You're not going to pay. You're not going to pay rent for those. We'll cover that. Fundamentally, you're, you're serving the but, country. But you're not going to make as much money. Why should you be a, a billionaire? If you have any investments, um, that's that's fine. Um, they have to go into a blind trust. You can't manage them. You can't make decisions. You can't make trades. Uh, and if you tip off whoever's managing your funds, it's insider trading That's like it dirty. is for, for everybody else. Insider <laughs> trading like it is for everybody else. So all your investments are going to go into a blind trade. Um, your your pay, it's it's not for life. It's there. There's no retirement from this. There's no, when you're done, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to go earn your keep. There's no medical service. Like there's, the rest there's of no, us. Like, like everybody else. Oh, well, what if I do it for 20 or 30 years? Shouldn't I have a retirement then? You shouldn't be doing it for 20 or 30 years. Part of why there, there aren't uh, restrictions, part of why there weren't caps on pays is like, a, you know, at our founding, they just couldn't imagine anybody wanting to do that forever. Yeah. yeah. Right? They just wanted, they were doing it out of duty. Just wanted to get home. Because it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't afford the abuse of it, like like the huge government does today. So I agree. Things should have maybe stayed that way. Yeah. This is this is crazy. When I, I want to start naming certain people, but it's just, <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there, there's people who watch where these people in leadership put their money, take out their yeah. money. They you know they play this game. But you know people. You know information that you're yeah. probably not supposed to act because of. Um, and dude, it, I'm, and again, like there's things like because it's so sketch. Um, you know, it's, so there, there's, there's issues of, of free speech and rights, but we regularly see those things restricted under certain circumstances, uh, right? Like if you have a felony, felony conviction, obviously that's a negative thing, but then there's, there's certain things you can't own a firearm yeah. despite the second amendment. You forfeited that by, by your behavior. Either, right? um, or did they change you that? You can't vote. I think it's, it's state by state okay. and they, they try and change it. Okay. They call it disenfran- but the firearm, you disenfranchisement. Um, but, uh. There's so, I, but I would be fine with like if you go if you join the military, um, there you're you're you don't like you're not subject you live live basically you you live and are subject to a different set of rules regulations laws you're under the uni, the military uniform code of justice um, rather than like a court or something that you and I would be would be tried in right so their rights. Are, are almost curtailed. They, they almost have less rights serving the military than you and I as civilians. I'm, I'm kind of okay with a system like that for senators and, uh, and representatives where um, if you're a private citizen, can you, can you go as a public speaker anywhere you want, speak for anyone you want for as long as you want, for as much money as they're willing to pay you? Absolutely you are. But you chose to be a public servant. So while while you're on our payroll as it, a public it, servant, it, it makes sense. You're welcome to go and speak for any group that will have you for as long as they'll let you speak for free. <laughs> They're the public, you're a public servant. It's just uh, so, it so, make sense? so just some things like that. You you get out of office, write your books, give your speeches. Yeah. That that's fine. Yeah. Um, I do think, man, it gets it gets tricky again. I, the the libertarian side part of me struggles with things like this. Of, I don't know that you ought to be able to to leave office and step right into a role on a corporate board. Uh, I it, it gets it gets tricky of uh, you know of a business in an industry that you were just regulating and overseeing. Oh um, my. 
You know, things so, I haven't even thought about so, in, in this sense. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of ways to to buy people. <laughs> uh, shy, like aside from just like, hey, here's here's an envelope full of cash. Like, yeah. there's a lot of ways to to reward people and to buy favor. And uh, uh, you know, maybe you know, uh, maybe if I make sure that the tax code uh, favors a company like Amazon. Maybe I get to go spend a, a weekend on Bezos's new big yacht. Yeah, he's not giving Spaceship. me. He, he's not giving me any money. Yeah, We're, I know him. We're friends. I'm just hanging out with a buddy. Man, it's <laughs> and and it happens, you know, on on all sides. Oh man, I don't know. You'd have to get pretty nuanced with your rules and regulations in that regard. It's, it's to tricky. accomplish it's, something. It's not easy. No, yeah, it's not. It's yeah. it's it's not easy. Uh, I ter- term limits uh, w- would help that, you know, that some, some guidelines that would make it much more difficult to amass any significant wealth while you're in office would go a long way to helping. If it just wasn't profitable, if you really were going to, to serve, yeah. um, it, it, it'd go a long way to helping to get the right people. I, I agree with you hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, if that's the psychology that that the early leadership was was in on, like this isn't something that people should want to do for thirty years, yeah, right. Then I mean, that's probably because they didn't see it as some glamour, some ability to leverage it into being a million or whatever. Yeah. They saw it as no, this is a servant. It's just unfortunate that those types of regulations weren't thought about back then. Like, yeah. but but how could they foresee the mass expansion of the government and its inter integration with corporations and vice versa? Yeah. It's just hard well, they to predict. did for, they did foresee that like our. You think about it, like the Constitution is a restriction on the government, not on the people. the The Constitution uh, does it speak to corporations? Um, large ones specifically. No, because that that wasn't the intention. Right. the The Constitution is meant to specifically spell out the role of government and to constrain it to those roles. Yeah. And the only reason government has been so they did foresee. Uh, you know, there's a quote from Washington, even like government is like a fire. Like it's, it's great when you keep it contained, right. but it will, if you don't, if you're not careful, it'll, it'll grow and yeah. become destructive. Um, and uh, so they, they, they did try to constrain it. So it took constitutional amendments to make it so that the government could get so the, the constitution uh, intentionally uh, prohibited an income tax. It took a, it took a constitutional amendment to enact an income tax. Hmm. Founding Father said this, an income tax makes a nation of liars. Here's what they meant. Hey, John, it's time to pay your taxes. What's your first question? Uh, okay, how much? Well, it depends because it's going to be based on how much you made this year. Okay. Um, so if you just tell me how much you made, okay. then I'll tell you how much you owed. Hey, um, hey, wife, I know we made 80000 this year. Um, $60,000. you are uh, immediately yeah. incentivized yeah. to lie. Of course. Yeah. Then what are you going to mass audit the millions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, that, I mean, the obvious question there, right, is, well, okay, well, is an income tax a large part of the government's ability to function, right? Isn't it? Well, you only need a large amount of money because it's overgrown its intended bounds. It's doing go. things it's not meant to do. So prior to the income tax, uh, the federal government was uh, funded largely on tariffs. It was it was taxes paid by outside entities yeah. rather than internal entities. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of different ideas that float out there, but there's a lot of merit to, um, you know, certainly a a flat tax, um, not an income based tax, or or a consumption tax where it's, um, you know, you're taxed on you're taxed on what you spend. 
So if you make a million dollars, but you live like somebody who makes 60000 a year. Tax off that. You pay taxes like somebody who makes $60,000 a year. How do you verify that, though? It's, it's just built. It's, it's, it's sales tax. Oh, right. Pay at the pump. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good enough to you, me. You want to you pay less tax? Go, buy less go, stuff. Go buy the Accord instead of the Land Rover. There you go. Yeah. Oh, buy a used Land Rover where the original owner paid the tax. Isn't it crazy it gets taxed twice? Yeah, multiple times. Yeah. Wow. What a what an interesting system we have set up here. So many so many people are blind to how this all really works yeah. and all of the ins and outs of it all, man. So I find it funny that the two sides of you fight with each other. Like, yeah. I want that regulation. No, no regulations. Like, oh, but it would help. And yeah, well, that's that's where the conservative libertarian yeah. thing comes yeah. in, right? Because the conservative wants wants to see uh, you know a, a a larger role for government. So less so than than say a liberal. Uh, but more so than than say uh, a libertarian. But that's part of uh, being an adult. <laughs> that's part of being a thinking human being. Like, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to fit in red or blue. Right. You, you don't, don't have, have to, to just be. Yeah. You can hold two opposing thoughts in your head at the same time Swap. and weigh them and measure them. You can fall in between. You can uh, like you just don't have to. That's one of the the great lies. Now you look at the systems of the governments in the world that have more than two parties. Well, that ain't pretty or easy either. <laughs> that, I mean, that's well. Then, then, yeah. then there's a lot of modern day argument yeah. of moving away from the two party system. You, and... you you look at England. You you look at Israel. I mean, it's you know when you got all these uh, multiple parties and you're you're trying to put together a coalition to govern. I I don't know if it's if it's better or worse. I'm a little sick of the only two options that we get. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that those you know the uh, all the parties in the world. I don't know that that's working out <laughs> so hot either. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> so, and all that said, we've, we've gone a, a solid hour and a half Unreal. and touched on nothing Unreal, that we, man. we intended. That's to, not supposed to, to be, about. if you ask me. I did me. the same thing with Becca last week. I'm like, I can't wait I to get her, to her I always, episode. I, I always joke. I'm like, oh man, uh, like where I'm funny. Found that was a funny <laughs> podcast. And then I'm like founding fathers. <laughs> Every, so, whoops, knock my mic. I just, Every solid Blame the guests, people. I just go <laughs> where they lead me. Listen, guys, to be um, fair, there's not really a kale on every corner, so you yeah. got to take it while you have them. You know, you got to I, I guess the counter argument is like I'm supposed to be the host. Maybe I should guide the conversation, and maybe I do. Maybe it is my fault. But, hey, um, man, it's all good vibes so. here, man. If Josh was here, he'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> have you tried a bidet? <laughs> uh, I knew we'd get there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in, in the, the lighter, happier side, whatever of news, do, have you seen the images from the James Webb telescope? Yeah. This I want week? you to explain them to me a little bit because I don't quite understand what I'm seeing. crap. It yeah. is fire. Well, here's what's funny. They are amazing. Yeah. They're also all fake. Oh, how do you and mean? Let me explain. They're, they're simultaneously fake and real. So yeah. we've been talking about this telescope since before it launched. It's been in development for over two decades, multi-billion dollar project. Um, so you think about like all these cool images you see of space, all these images where you're like, oh, what you're seeing in this picture is from 13 billion years in the past. Yeah. Those kinds of things come from the Hubble telescope. Yeah. You can go out to Kennedy Space Center. Uh, you know, Cape Canaveral, Florida right now, you can see a full size mock-up of, of the Hubble. It's big, yeah. um, but it's, you know, it's out in orbit around earth. I don't know where it, it, it uh, you know, what orbit it's, it's in. If it's in, uh, I, I think it's about three 
hundred miles. It's a low enough orbit that the shuttle could still get out to it to to repair it. That was a big mission while the shuttle was still flying. Uh, but you put it, you put it. The, the advantage to putting a telescope in space, right, is you remove light pollution and a lot of the interference that you get on, you know, a terrestrial planet Earth. Yeah, uh, you know, if it's if it's inside our atmosphere, yeah. you remove some of those obstacles. The um, James Webb Telescope is orbiting out at uh, what's called Lagrange Point 2. It's orbiting a million miles away from us right now. What? Nah, Kale, don't do this to my brain right now, man. I ain't ain't got the energy for this. It's in an orbit where the Earth is always between it and the sun. It's never in direct sunlight. Then it has these... Is that... Do I have that right? It's something like that. Lagrange Point 2 is certain. A million miles is certain. Um, it, it, it's this weird, so it's not like orbiting around earth, right? It's, it's out farther than that. So it's kind of orbiting the sun kind of in lockstep with us. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Um, it has these, uh, massive, like five layers of solar blankets where the instrumentation side of it is very warm. The like mirror and, and receiving side of it is very, very cold. It's part of why, like once it got there, they had to give it like six months to get down to the temperature it's actually going to operate at. Just because of the way at. it's facing. Because the temperature, because the way it's facing, because it there there's um, these thermal blankets between it and what sunlight, what heat it would receive, um, and so just like here, like those temperatures warp everything. So they had to let everything get down to temperature to then test all the instruments to make sure everything's working right. Everything's working above spec. It's working better than it's supposed to be. They used less fuel, less battery getting there than they thought they were going to. So it's already going to have extended life. Um, so it's just, and it sees in different wavelengths than Hubble sees. And so all of its instruments see in infrared. That's why I say all the pictures are fake because all of the data coming from it is in a spectrum that we can't see. Physically see. We yeah. can't see yeah. it. So the data is accurate, right? The, th- the, the But what we're seeing is a representation of what it sees because we can't see it. Oh. So there's literally a team of like 30 people uh, that work on the web team that as these images are now coming in, as we're receiving these images from it, they go through and they assign colors we can see to wavelengths that it can see. So, so what's it's funny literally to literally fake and real at the same time. Yes, it's wow. literally fake and real at the same time. Because if you just if you could just float out in space, yeah. you couldn't you see these see things. That. Yeah. Not in the way that it sees them. Right. It would look different to you in the visible light yeah. spectrum. Yeah. Some things you wouldn't be able to see at all. Like they just, you know, uh, whatever. So it, it's just much more powerful, much higher resolution. When was this sent out? Uh, like within a year, it's month, months and months. It, it's it maybe maybe nine months ago. I'd have to check the launch date. Uh-huh. And how far is it? A million miles, <laughs> a million miles out. Uh, oh, and so it can just see. And, and so what's funny is these images that that they dropped this week. They're incredible. First of all, like you see them in comparison to images. From Hubble. Yeah, I saw it like, as soon as it it's broke. Like not I saw even it on close. Twitter. It's funny. I saw a scientist from the team say, we've discovered new things and we weren't even trying. Like <laughs> this wasn't us trying to do science. Yeah. We picked out some images legitimately. Like we were just trying to pick some images that we thought would be impressive first things. Yeah. And so like we've unintentionally learned new things yeah. already from these. The way they described it, like the first image that they that they dropped, there's like five out now. I think there's supposed to be some more coming out today that are actually within our solar system. 
which I can't wait to see that. Right. It would be crazy. <laughs> Send me the um, link once you... But that, that first one up. was like this massive... Well, it looks like a massive star field, but it's really a massive galaxy. Most yeah, of what I you see it. in that picture kind of is galaxies. So the, the way they described that, I don't know if you saw it, was if you took a grain of sand and you held it up, the portion of the sky like covered by that grain of sand is how is that image. That's where it is in relation to you. Like it would look that big if you could see it. Like that piece of sand. Yeah. Yeah. That. that yeah. So it's this t- that that giant thing. I'm gonna. And we still don't have efficient solar on Earth. I don't understand how tech can get that advanced, <laughs> and we don't have. Yeah, I, I think the, I think the fancy bit. telescope people. It's a different set of people than the than the solar <laughs> has to be. than the solar people. It has to be. Um, but is. so just this crazy stuff. But so somebody's going through when those images come back, and they're they're picking the colors that they're assigning to the wavelengths, picking the colors you can see, assigning them to wavelengths that you can't see. How do they read the wavelengths? Like a and code so, or something? Like I mean. Uh, that's all a little beyond me. We'll have yeah, to, we'll have to have physicist Jason break that stuff down for us. But what's funny is like, so we see these images and they're beautiful and they're impressive. I'm like, well, if they just picked uglier colors, they wouldn't be beautiful and impressive, right? <laughs> they're like, just putting colors that, yeah. That like are if artistic, you could hop in the Starship Enterprise right now and fly to these things, they're not going to look like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's funny to me that they're amazing. They're incredible. It's amazing science. Yeah. It is going to understand, uh, change our understanding of of space, of matter, of the universe. Like there's going to be some big science uh, coming, um, but uh it, it's that's a funny that's a funny aspect to me there's going to be some cool things coming out of that so that was pretty mind-blowing and oh, just way to go to see nasa get such a big win like there's so many fiascos there's cost overruns that you know there's all this stuff even you know the big rocket they're working on right now sls i want to see it launch but at the same time i think the program ought to be canceled the cost overruns are ridiculous whatever <laughs> but james webb man like it's done everything it was supposed to do and then some yeah. and is in tip top shape and wow. just working awesome. So seeing those images this week were incredible. I knew once I saw it, I, I thought about you and Josh. Yeah. I was like, yo, this is this is up their alley. Yeah. So that was awesome to see. In other government news, I don't know why this is the government podcast, you know, because that's your area of expertise. <laughs> All uh, I'm doing is the, the the Navy. They uh, they dropped an F eighteen in in the ocean this week. Just Hit unexpected rough seas, F-18, off the deck, into the drink. Just on accident? $57 million F-18 Super Hornet. Just on accident? Yep. Oh, lovely. Yep, wasn't like a crash, wasn't a flight malfunction. I mean, there's no getting that back. uh, You know... So I, I've, I've, uh, you know, I, I know a guy that flew F-18s, that flew Super Hornets. <laughs> and I'm like, so I sent that to him. I'm like, uh, oops. He's like, yeah, the planes are always chained down on deck. He's like, I don't get how this would happen. So I don't know if it was like just the right moment where like the chains aren't on yet or chains broke or that's what. A bit of but a, just, somebody had to get fired. Yeah. I think. Maybe that's disgustingly terrible. <laughs> My goodness. What day was that? When did that happen? Uh, I don't know. Sometime last week it was over. Just uh, casually. Yeah. Near, near Italy or something. I want to say they, they had left and, uh. Just so Could you imagine being the guy to make that phone call to his leadership? Like, hey, uh, I think we might have <laughs> Some, somewhere. Maverick is angry. Imagine, like, if that's if you're the pilot, right? Like, that's your jet. You're like, oh, he's like, oh man. Like, bro, I handed you the keys, and <laughs> what what happened? No, that's actually not that funny. Honestly, when you think about it, it's terrible. Government spending. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I'm like, well, wow. there's 57 million less that we can. How much does that cost? Yeah, 57. Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah, 
my god. So I mean, cheaper than like an F thirty five or an F twenty two. So at least there's there's that. But <laughs> look at the upside. I huh? mean, there's fifty seven million less that we can can send to Ukraine. Lord. Yeah. So. Yeah. These government talks have me wanting to have me wanting to learn more, but at the same time, every time I, I venture into that, I just get not depressed, but overwhelmed. I think with the reality of life yeah. and, and all of this. I don't know how you freaking handle it. So I don't know. Like, I, I probably should look at it less than I, <laughs> yeah, less, man. less than I do. It's probably, you, it's probably better not to. For an office? Oh, oh here's something cool. I, I don't know if you know her. Um, I haven't talked to her since, but there, I've just been signs for one of the judges that's running for an office position or someone running for Allison Carestis. I don't know if you've seen signs, whatever. It's mm-hmm. some, some lady, I think she's running for judge. Uh, she called. She wanted us to like wrap her car with all, all her stuff. Oh, wow. A couple months back. And now I see her signs everywhere. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, yeah, she... that's more fun. Let's take it all the way back to the job. So, what do you guys do exclusively like vehicles and what you do like tent wraps? Like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, so, I mean, so wraps and then the paint protection film, that's to me the, the better one to get. Yeah. It's just thicker, self healing, whatever. And the same brand that makes that film makes the ceramic tints. Okay. So, those are our three main things. Besides that, we'll like change your caliper colors or like powder yeah. coat paint your wheels and stuff and, and all of that. But the, but, but the, all automotive, you guys aren't doing like commercial and residential window treatments or anything like that. No, we're not doing that. But we had somebody call about their boat and yeah. we gave them a quote on that. Had someone call about a mo- motorcycle today. We're way too busy to do a motorcycle right now, but we would theoretically. So, I mean, yeah, pretty much any. I mean, someone once called me, asked to wrap their filing cabinet handles only on the filing. So, uh, you know, but if the price is right, man, we will wrap that filing cabinet. I'm not joking. What in the world? Yeah, no, I, you can't really put a logic to that one. But yeah, no, we 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 do pretty much everything that moves. So, but custom wraps where you put like your face on the car. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's really expensive. So every time you see like a van with a local business, if, they, they spent money. If for that. TikTok and Reels are to be believed, <laughs> like uh, the the wrap market uh-huh. is just. It's just blowing up right now. Like, I feel like that's, that's what people do instead of painting now. Like, it I'll, is. Just, I'll just go get it wrapped. It is. It is. Someone came in the other day um, and they were like, dude, I didn't know how much this costs. Like, you guys are making a killing. Yeah. And I kind of took a step back and I realized, like, you know, when you break down the numbers, right? Let's yeah. say we charge someone, you know, for a wrap on their car, 3600 right? When you break down the labor costs, material costs, overhead of like, you know, AC, all that stuff. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm looking at Steve, owner. I'm like, dude, you are... In my head, of course, I'm like, you're yeah. pocketing some change per transaction. It's, it's wild. So, yeah, yeah, it's really booming lately. I, I remember this, this could be falsified in, in my head, but my recollection of this from when I, I worked at Chick-fil-A. Now, this has been 20 some odd years ago <laughs> now. It's weird when you get to the age where something can be that 20, long ago. 20 years yeah, ago yeah. and you remember it. Can't wait for that. Like, it's coming up on day. me. But my recollection is that a large soda. Uh-huh. So with the good styrofoam cup, like Chick-fil-A has, <laughs> yeah. the good ice, uh-huh. the lid, yeah. the straw, the soda in the cup. Yeah. Cost. Now, you're not factoring in labor facility, all those right. things, but just those materials. Right. Six cents. Yeah. yeah. That's my recollection of it. Yes. Yeah. I if, remember, it's, if it's off, it's not off by much. Mm-mm. No, it's not. I remember at Taco Bell, yeah. they, they told me the specific number. Yeah. One of the managers told me the number. Yeah. Yeah. Nutty. They don't care if you buy the food. No. That's not where they make their money. Now that said, too, drinks in pretty much the entire food service industry, yeah, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic, right, right. that's where their margin is. Yeah, the vast majority of their money—it's almost like an illusion. The food the, is just there to trick you. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just there. Money off that. It's just there to make you thirsty. It's just uh, there, there so you get something to wash it down but with. But boy, when you wash it down, yeah. they are getting their bank. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's really true. So my polar pops were like seventy-five cents, and they were happily 
75 cents. Oh, yeah. What's the overhead? Yeah. Five? <laughs> All day long. Yeah, it's wild. Well, you know, it's like, uh, it's like Brian got into, uh, right, on, on Jocko Goes on that uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Like, why isn't every, why, why aren't all the energy drink companies doing, you know, like good, clean, healthy ingredients? Because uh, yeah, they could fit it into the budget. That's not the cause, question. Because it costs more. It's the bottom line. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. So they, so they did said, go buy a Jocko Go. Well, that's brilliant. I mean, looking at a market that just doesn't care for one side of the spectrum in regards to health and un- unhealthy. Yeah. And they just freaking nailed it. So yeah. Promo code solid seven, you know, 10% off, whatever. Do you think? Is, is that real? I mean, for the love of God, John, I need you to listen to the podcast. No, I'm only a couple episodes behind, Kale. I mean, we've had we've had our Jocko Fuel and Origin promo code for, what? for months, months. No. Oh yeah. I mean, because it, it was, I'm skipping past the intro. Is that where you talk about it? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's there too. For and sure. I also, I mean, but, I've heard you guys. I, I'm hoping it's not like a month or two ago where because I'm just thinking you guys are joking. Yeah. No. 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 It's it's, <laughs> it's been we've been affiliates Yo. for uh, actually I think that the term that they use is ambassadors, but yeah, for oh, for wow. some time now. I'll say affiliate. Yeah, so you. Wow, you I didn't go, know that was so, real. Like kale. I know you're uh, no. you're uh, an MMA guy, a jiu-jitsu guy. I'm not like you're not a fighter, but you're an MMA fan and uh, trying to to roll a little jits yourself. Yeah. So if you ever want to get yourself an Origin Gi, SOLID seven ten percent off. You want to go. You want to fuel properly for that roll. You want to get some greens. You want to get some milk. You want to get some some Jocko Go. You want to get some pre workout. Jockofuel.com. I'm disgustingly proud of you right now. It's insane. Holy smokes. Yeah. I am. Listen to me. You ever see me wearing a gi? You think it's not going to be from Jocko at this point? That's part of why I, I did a... Um, you still have yours? Yeah. Okay. We might have but to talk. But you're not going back to that school, right? We might have to talk. So I, Is that I, Gracie? I did just before my... I don't want to name it. It's one of the systems that has Gracie in the name. Oh, I'll okay. leave it at that. Okay. Um, I think it might've been just before my son was born, but he was like, Hey, I, you know, I, I want to go check this place out. Will you go with me and like do the, the trial yeah. or, or whatever? And I went and I really liked the professors a lot. I still do, I st- you know, I'm still friendly with, with one of them on social media. Um, you know, so we went, we did the trial and actually did like the introductory, like, Hey, I'll do X amount of time and you get a gi with it. But their deal is like, you got to wear their stuff. Like you got to wear mm. their gis. And even when you're rolling no gi, like it's supposed to be their rash guards and stuff. Yeah. That school that I, I won't name drop here. Yeah. Uh, you know, is, is a little looser with like the rash guard stuff. Yeah. Well, so is for the um, record. So is the one that I went to, but I, I, I've said since then, and, and we're starting to get to the point in age with my kids where I just didn't understand how much time having a baby was going to take up. Uh, so like my son was born, I'm like, yeah, jujitsu ain't, ain't happening yeah. for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course now that's been almost five years ago, but it's starting to get to the point where they're a little more self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. It's a little less of a big deal for me to be gone for an evening or, or something like that, where I'm starting to look at, at going back to, to jujitsu. I mean, I I say going back, like I never even got a stripe. Like I went, I, I was starting right before my yeah. kid was born, but of course yeah. I bought the the freaking gi. Yeah. Um, but now, uh, you know, as I'm as I'm looking to to get back in, as I, as I'm looking for some place to train, whether or not I can buy my own gi, it's gonna be a factor. <laughs> it's gonna be a factor. I see. If, listen, what I paid for this gi that had to be this gi from the school was... still wasn't peanuts. Oh uh, yeah. And doesn't measure up to the origin gis. So I'm like, mm. why would I? Why would I not go someplace where yeah. I can wear the gi that I want? Yeah. The gi that's made in America. It's yeah. sewn here with U.S. cotton. Why would I not? Hmm. Yeah. Now they got a promo code. Why would I not? There. <laughs> as long as the school lets. Yeah. There, yeah. There yeah. you go. 
Wow. So my brother just started going. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting. It'd be good we'll to whoop him in a freaking little bit of rolling. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd say you've got a bit of a size size advantage. Does and that really the whole art of jujitsu though? Well, yes and I mean, yes and no, right? Like that's part of you know, you listen to the Jockos, the the Joe Rogans of of the world. Um, that's one of the beautiful things about jujitsu, right? Is it's it's a superpower. It's one of those things but, where but the first UFC hoist Grace. I mean, he it's like three yeah. times in one night, right? He, right. So much so yes, but I think that advantage largely lies in somebody who knows jujitsu in a confrontation with someone who does not know jujitsu. Oh, okay. I think you know, uh, you know, like being like, then I think size and strength do become uh, yeah. do become more of because yeah. you even that playing field, again. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not calling your brother Twiggy. No. I'm not I'm not saying. I'm strongly implying, but I'm not saying that he's Twiggy. Yeah. But you've got a you've got a little bit of a size and, yeah, and yeah. weight advantage there. So I Definitely. wouldn't let him get too far ahead of you. No, no, no. I need to get on so, that. Yeah, I, I did. Uh we were watching uh oddly enough, Greatest Showman with my kids um this this week. And, you know, there's the scene where there's like the you know, the protesters, the angry mob, like set the circus on fire. So trying to adjust, address this with like a four-year-old and a two-year-old, like we're addressing it from the, the concept of like bullying and being mean to people who are different and stuff like that. Um, you know, and we're like, oh, and they're, they're, this is a very convicting moment. This is a very honest moment here for me. And they're, you know, we're like, yeah, they're standing up to them. Like they're, they're fighting back because they're bullies or whatever else. He's like, yeah, that's, that's what I would do, dad. Like, um, could you, could you teach me to fight them off like that? And my head, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, sure can't, sure can't, little buddy. There's a failure moment as a father, nah, sure can't. Nah. So, uh, yeah, the, the time is quickly coming again. That's too. cool. You're and seeing a couple signs in that direction. That, well, and the thing Reasons is, so the challenge is, though, that fur, that further complicates finding someplace to train. Yeah. Because I, I want someplace that has solid programming for the kids that does it in a way that makes it fun for them and keeps them interested. And, you know, like I don't want them going to Cobra Kai, right? Because the kids aren't going to, obviously that wasn't, I get that that's <laughs> karate and barely that and not jujitsu, but yeah. I'm saying like someplace where it's not that like militant, whatever, because yeah. particularly kids, like it's gotta be a different draw. Yeah. And I want my kids to be into it because I don't, you know, I don't want them to burn out on it. I don't want them to, and you know, the surest way to make sure your kid doesn't do something is to make it mandatory. So I want, you it's know, true. you want it to be something they want to do. So it's I can't true. just find, uh, you know, some place to train that works for me. I want to find some place to train that, that works for, for them too. Yeah. So, and that will start at like four or five. And I think a lot of them will. Yeah. I haven't looked too much um, into that, but, but uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. Start them young, man. They'll be killers. You know, in a good way. It is. I mean, there is for all of the, the time and money and effort spent on like anti-bullying campaigns uh, these days, there is no greater anti-bullying campaign than a confident kid that, that can defend that knows, themselves. Yeah, yeah. That knows things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, right, right there with you. Maybe we can roll. Dude, that'd be fun. Don't get me started, man. <laughs> I would crack a Jocko for that one. Uh, Absolutely. Man. You would. So yeah, man. Oh, man. What what else? What do, you, what do you got for the people? Oh man, I don't. You know what, man? My uh, my recent ventures have been um, have been so education oriented, and I don't mean formal. I mean uh, books. Man, I have been obsessed with. Uh, I don't know. Just I don't. I I honestly can't even put it into words. But yeah. I'll just tell you what I've been doing. Rich dad, poor dad. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Classic. Insane. Yeah. That it changed my whole life. My entire way of seeing everything, right? Yeah. Like the entire like all of the plans that I had prior to reading that book flew out the window. Yeah. Right? Because they 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 incorporated quite a bit of liabilities that I can definitely put off at this stage of life. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so then there's that. Um, it's just I mean. It has me so, and, and when you couple that with working for this business, like I said, I'm seeing, it's kind of like we talked about the drinks, I'm seeing the profit margins, I'm seeing, right, what it means to, to and I'm not saying running a business is easy or anything like that, but it's, it's making me hungry, this education I'm giving myself, it's making me just want more for myself, so, yeah. I, so I don't know, so I'm just very, like, I'm just obsessed with yeah. learning more because I realized in, in half, half a book how little I know yeah. about how all this stuff really works. And, um, so, so I'm working this job obviously. And it's, it's, um, one thing that, that, that I think has weighed on me quite a bit has been, um, just how little time I have. Right. And this is outside. This is, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Right. I, I, I do have relatively speaking a ton of spare time yeah. compared to, to a lot of other people. Um, and yeah, so, I but, mean, you're, you're not getting any younger, so let's put a ring on it, but the key, well, keep okay. Going. So yeah. see, there you go. So, yeah. so there's certain, you know, there's certain, I don't want to say pressures, but things that I want to do, let's not yeah. call it a pressure. I want to do that. Yeah. Right. I, I want to do that, but reading this book and, and just kind of diving into all the newness of what I know, it's kind of got me, um, mega patient to say the least, just because dude, I want, I want to, to, I want to just plain and simple. Let's get practical. I want assets, not yeah. liabilities, right? I want to learn and understand fully investments. I want to, to know where to put my money in an intelligent way. And I know that I'm at ground zero, relatively speaking, yeah. like in terms of understanding that stuff. So it, it's gotten me, it's affected almost every part of my life who yeah. I desire to spend my time with the types of YouTube videos I want to watch all of this. Right. And it's, it's scary in a sense because it's, it's reshifting everything I know about, about what I want for the next couple of years of my life. But, but in a good way, you know, it's, it's, it's got me, it's kind of gotten uh, like that new lease on life type thing where yeah. it's like, well, for, for the most part, I thought I had it all figured out. And now I realize I absolutely don't. There's a lot of fear involved in that, but there's yeah. also a lot of excitement. And so just to get down to the nitty gritty, the specifics of what I'm, what I'm doing right now, um, I, there was a UFC fight, um, fight card two Saturdays ago. And there was one this past Saturday too, but a bigger one, two Saturdays ago, I decided um, that I was just going to, you know, pedal to the metal. I'm going to, I'm going to make a piece of content on YouTube that I'm proud of. I'm going to spend a lot of time on it and whatever. So I did that. And it was basically just like a quick snap video on why you should care about this UFC event. Right. Talked about the matchups, why they're intriguing very quickly. Right. Um, there's a good amount of feedback from the people I know and care about, right? But it was it was it was never about the feedback though, because I can get that on any any video I've ever put out, right? Even when I half butt it, right? Yeah. This one impressed me. Well, I mean, let's watch the language, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this one impressed me though, um, and so it, it kind of it's that coupled with all this new stuff I'm learning, it sparked something inside. I'm so glad you asked about this, by the way. It sparked something inside of me that is that is just I don't know. I, I, I've there's a shift that I've never felt before. And it's not, it's hardly emotion. It's all logic. Yeah. So like, I, so now all I think about is like, what do I want to accomplish? The, the consciousness of like doubts are going to come. Like, it's crazy. I was on my way here thinking about the next video I want to make. And immediately I felt this wave of, of it can't put it into words, but it was this wave of, you're not going to be good at this. You, you're not going to succeed at this. And that has drawn me into all types of conversations about that. Like just this perpetual doubt 
in, in, in the minds of people that you're yeah. not going to come. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this in regards to your podcast, because this is episode 69. You have been doing this for a minute. Yes. Like, especially when you look at the stats of podcasts that even survive past episode <laughs> seven or whatever it is. You know what? I can't, you know, because of, of what, what my brand is, what my, you know, what my beliefs are, what my yeah. kind of principles and stuff are. I, I haven't used this audio, but there's this audio floating around like, yeah. uh, reels and, and TikToks yeah. and whatnot. Uh, you know, and it's a guy that's like, you know, my friends are, are asking me, you know, why aren't you famous yet? And I'm like, cause you haven't shared my crap. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, man, if I don't think that about my, yeah. <laughs> my podcast, yeah. um, yeah, no, there it's, it's funny. A lot of what holds people back is psychological. It's, it's a part of, you know, what, when people have an issue with, um, you know, like the wage, the wage gap, yeah. um, or, you know, or wage disparity, right? Like, oh, you know, the, the top 1% of earners are this much more than they used to and the bottom only own the, or, you know, yeah. whatever. It's, there's too many people that have this idea that like what's available in the world, the resources that are available are, uh, are like a fixed pie, right? <laughs> and don't understand that you, you can just get the raw materials and you can go bake a pie. Like you don't need to worry about getting your slice of that pie. Like you can bake a pie. Oh, say it again. It's it's like standing next to the ocean complaining that that somebody's got too much water in their bucket. And so now you don't have any water in yours. Freaking go fill your bucket (laughs) up. Right. But there's, it's, it's all easier said than done. Of course. Um, You do have to check your ego. You do have to be willing to look fool. Like, it, it's impossible to learn anything new yeah. without looking foolish. Yeah. It's a po- impossible to accomplish anything new without looking foolish. Everyone who is great at anything at one point sucked at yeah. that thing. At God. one point they were new and you got to be willing to be bad for a long time, uh, you know, because this is the Solid 7 podcast and everything is either the office or Jocko. Jocko talks about it in the context of jujitsu, <laughs> right? Like you're going to tap a thousand times before you get your first submission. Like you're going to be absolutely humbled before you achieve anything looking like success or feeling like su- success for you. It's So even, you know, factoids, like uh, I want to say uh, uh, it's... My it, brother sent me this yeah. uh, before, like right before I got here. Yeah. It's, it's a, So this is a photo of George St. Pierre. This is posted by the, the jiu-jitsu school he goes to. Yeah. It's a quote. Humility is the first rule of martial arts. Either you learn humility quickly or you leave because your ego can't handle losing repeatedly. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, but it's that same way. And like most small businesses fail and most successful entrepreneurs have several failures under their belt yeah, that you don't hear about before they get to uh, their success. Right. right. I, I want to say Henry Ford filed bankruptcy like four times <sighs> before he built the Model T. And you've, you've got to have that persistence. You've got to have that risk tolerance. Some people prefer the safety of, of a paycheck. Um, some people prefer the certainty of a paycheck, not that your employer can't go out of business. Right. Um, but I was even talking, I've, I've got a, a close friend that just this past week, they had their grand opening for, for a sandwich shop. I mean, it's, it's a one-off, it's their own thing. It's not a franchise. It's not whatever in a strip mall and, and they're doing the thing. But it, it was funny just, just talking to him about the way things like that are perceived. Like when you hear somebody's a small business owner, maybe you own a, a restaurant or, or something like that. This idea some people have, you know, this uh, you know Marxist communist idea where it's like he's building his wealth on the backs of these these employees that are making sandwiches and slinging soup and stuff for him. A, he's been in there before all of them all day long and he's there after they leave. Now, it won't always be like that as if it's successful and right. as it grows. 
but he's the one with all the risk. If they go out of business next month, all those employees making sandwiches just have to go find another paycheck. Yeah. But for him, there's still, you know, a loan that he owes. There's still a, equipment. There's still, you know, maybe you took out a loan against your house, a second mortgage, whatever. They hold way more of the risk. There you go. Yeah. And so, yeah, they get more of the reward. Right. Like, Sleepless oh, nights. Like, oh, all you, that, yeah. you, you wouldn't have any money if I wasn't making these sandwiches. Well, I pay for the building you're making the sandwich in. I pay for the electricity in the building you're making the sandwiches. I pay for the press that you press the sandwich in. You couldn't make the sandwich without my investment and sacrifice. So it's mutually beneficial, but it's not mutual sacrifice, so it's not mutual reward. But you've got to have the tolerance for that risk to to get the reward. And so, so, yeah, a lot of people are held back by – there's a lot of power in the idea of – uh, what one man has done, any man can do. Now, this is man broadly, yeah. right? This isn't males. This is man as, as human, right? So it's like that idea with the four-minute mile. I used to think the four-minute mile was impossible. Yeah. And then once somebody broke the four-minute mark, several other people did within a year. Be- all they needed to see was that it was possible. There you go. And then they could do it, right? So you're like, if you're somebody, I come from nothing. I have, uh, I'm come from a broken family. I'm adopted. I'm in foster care. My family's poor. I'm abused. All this horrible stuff. Somewhere there's someone who had that same or similar or yeah. worse set of circumstances, and they found success. Yeah. Now, however you want to define success, that's not just uh, monetarily and a lot, and, and it's, it's not even really solely monetarily. Right. Uh, but they've, they've taken those same set of circumstances and found success. Yeah. And that means mo- maybe most people in those circumstances won't, yeah. but that they did means that most people in those, cir- that everyone in those circumstances can, can, yeah. they could. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, and so it's just, you know, things like rich dad, poor dad, and, and looking into stuff like that, just it, just exposing your mind to, oh, it is possible to do that. Yeah. You, I don't have to be born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Right. It's not superhuman. It, it it is learned skills. It's you know it's all these things. It, it's it's a different thing. Sometimes all you need to do to achieve a thing is to is, is to have it demonstrated to you that it is possible. And I think that the reason I'm there, it's not just the timeliness of having read the book you know, at this point in life or, or, or whatever, just, you know, that word was spoken over me at that conference. It's I'm, I'm close with this guy who did it, right? Yeah. Steve, like I can call him right now. He'll pick up like that. I see. Right. And this is, this is, this is, I don't know. Like he's also from, there's just so many parallels yeah. I draw. I'm like, well, he can. And so sometimes it's so funny. You mentioned the the risk thing. Cause when I was doing that whole thought about like, Oh wow, you know, this is my commission payout. This is something I'm like, Oh dang, he really is banking off it. You know what I said to my, I kid you not. I said to myself in that moment, probably even said it out loud. I was like, you know what? He risked it. He made it. That's yeah. all I said. I said that in yeah. that, as I'm just typing up this, this invoice. So, I mean, so you nailed it with that, man. And, and I think now that I'm closer to, um, and to, to get particular with you, obviously he's he has a a, a a relatively whatever small medium sized business. That's not exactly what I'm going for. All I'm, all I mean is like getting outside of that comfort zone that you talked about. Just just the because now I'm this will go on record, I guess, but I'm closer now to saying okay, I might I'm I'm going to part with this soon to to put all of my you know eggs in this basket, so to speak. 
and I say, I say relatively so, right? There, there, there's some logistics that need to be there before I make that transition. Yeah. But the point is that I'm closer emotionally to that than I've ever been. And that's the component to me that makes or breaks it for anybody. Yeah. And, and, and like people, people who lose weight, I don't care what you say. When you lost that weight, you got emotional about it. That's the reason you stuck it out. You had an emotion attached to the logical decision that needed to happen. Yeah. People, it's the token rule of sales. It's emotion based, right? We're yeah. all humans, right? So I've realized that like, I, 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 there's been times where I've pressed into this content creation on YouTube that I know I want to do. Right. And every single time where I've given up, it's because the emotions, yeah, that's it. Right. Whether it's the emotions weren't present to, to get it done or the emotions of fear were too strong, all emotion based. Yeah. And I think now that I've come to terms with that, I'm trying to cater to the emotional side of it. So when those thoughts of failure come, I've got to get kind of, you know, cheesy and whatever, yeah. go look at the reels of motivational stuff, whatever, because that's what's going to get it done. I, I'm looking at it objectively. This thing up here, I'm pointing to my brain, by the way, you guys, it's a machine yeah. and I have to see it that way and play the game that it's trying to play with me, but to my advantage. So, so that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. To get specific, what I've kind of fallen in love with, and I've told you, you know, I've said this on the pod multiple times too as I've been on, I am I am more in love with mixed martial arts and particularly the, the UFC than I have been with anything since I was in, since I think eighth grade, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that's no joke. So when I made this video and I got the feedback that I got, not only from the people around me, but from myself, these affirmations where I saw, wow, no, wait a second, you can do this and you're going to do this. It shifted everything. And along with the lessons learned in the book, I now see my my my, my job and the money I spent as investments. Yeah. So I'm more careful with where I put my dimes and, and all of that. So I'm really excited. I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't scared to death, right? Because now I'm putting this out there, right? And that's a form of accountability I've never really given myself. I've not made it that public that it's been kind of a goal of mine to do some form of content creation and now specifically MMA content creation. And, you know, one day it, it's a dream of mine to work for the UFC one day in some form of, of media coverage or, you know, whatever the case. I'll, I'll figure out my, my space when that time comes. But but um, I'm done with just letting the dream sit there because it's clear to me now that there's so much more practical to it than I thought. And it's interesting because the practical is the emotional and vice versa. It's, yeah. it's, it's very weird. But, but that's what I'm into right now. That's what I'm focused on. And but, I, I was hoping you'd ask. Well, so well, I'm, I'm be, thankful be, you did. Between the, uh, the, the clock on the recorder and the thunder outside, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring this thing in for a landing. <laughs> but uh, pl plug, plug your channel. Where do we go watch your video? Yeah. So, well, it's interesting right now. Um, the, the YouTube channel, because it's in its primitive stage, it doesn't, you know, it's not really search engine friendly. Um, but what you can do is you can follow the Twitter account that I'm going to be using to promote and turn it into that, that Twitter account. It's uh, literally at the John Reyes, T H E J O N R E Y E S at the John Reyes. Um, so obviously every piece of, of media will go on there. And obviously that's when I'll post the fights and all that. Yes. What are you on? 80 years old? Well, listen, man, I'm trying, it's the even, easiest even to I don't right promote now. on Twitter, bro. <laughs> no, Twitter's that's fair. So, so go check out the Twitter. Now I'll, I'll say this. If you ever become the guy yeah. who's posting like a like a reel or a TikTok uh -huh. that, that's like, let let me let me show you my my keys to identifying like <laughs> profit earning rental properties oh. with little down lose my oh, nut. You man. ever become that guy? <laughs> they're standing in like, front of the Rolls Royce and they're like Gary V pulls that stuff off, stuff off and just barely. Um, yeah, but you ever become that guy? Lose, lose my number. <laughs> uh, you don't want tickets to UFC show? No, it's cool. Dude, I, I, I'll tell you. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know what keeps me at it. My numbers aren't crazy, but it is a belief that I think I am producing quality content. This I've is what it, I wanted to I've hear I've said it on here a lot. Um, I'm, I, like I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. 
And I, I, I 100%, I listen to some yeah. that are better than this. Yeah. But man, I listen to some that are successful. Yeah. That, you know, the, the solid seven thing, it's tongue in, like our, my whole stick, the whole name here, it's all tongue in cheek, <laughs> right? Uh, it's all a little self-deprecating. Obviously, I think I'm better than than the name implies or, or I wouldn't be doing it. Right. I don't think I'm the best person podcasting. I'm definitely not the worst person podcasting. But I, I listen like the, the difference between me and a lot of these podcasts that are putting up real numbers and they're doing that, they're doing this for a living. Right. It's just that people have found them. <laughs> it's not that their content's better than mine. It's not that their pro- their production value's better than right. mine. It's just that they stuck it out long enough, yeah. or they had that right that right moment, right? Uh, right? Like um, luck is, you know, really, really is just preparedness. Yeah, you, you know, uh, you know, ready when you got to be ready when when luck knocks on right, the door, right, right. and it's just the the right thing hits the right people find you the right topic that that viral moment that whatever. It, it's just it's just a slow burn. Yeah. So are, are, my numbers aren't what I want them to be. They're not impressive. There's not, dude. If they were through the roof, I'd, I'd give you guys legit numbers. I'm here all the time. You don't you hear me talk about the numbers, yeah, but you yeah, don't yeah. ever hear me say the numbers. <laughs> um, none of your business, um, right? But it's because my I, I genuinely believe my content's better than my numbers indicate, and so it's. It's like, A, I do it because it's fun for me. If it, if it ever wasn't fun for me, if it ever wasn't interesting for me, if I wasn't getting to talk to inf- interesting people, if I wasn't getting to expose people to the interesting people that I know, yeah. right? Like I, I think about that with kind of the, the you know, I, I talked with Becca about this a little bit last week, like the stable of guests, like people that are just my friends that I know that are the quote unquote normal everyday people, right? right? Like the, you know, the Joe Rogan, biggest podcast on, on the planet, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of his content is it's his friends coming in and they're interesting and they're funny. And some of them are famous and he certainly has big names come in yeah, and yeah. he certainly has experts come in, but sometimes it's just this person that's his buddy or that he thinks is funny and he's yeah. whatever. And I'm like, it's actually there's like plenty, mostly that there's plenty of people in my life that are intelligent, that are funny, that are entertaining. And if you'll sit and listen, if you get over the fact that you haven't ever heard of them, you'll learn just as much or be just as entertained yeah. by listening to, to them sit and talk, to us sit and chat for a yeah. while as these as these big names yeah. that, that drew you in. Yeah. Am, I, am I mixing in some of the big names? Yeah, am I excited to have uh, people like the McCarthy's on and Sarah Wilkinson and, yeah. and Brian Littlefield and Jose Fajardo from, from NPR <sighs> and, and, favorites, and those man. names? Love him. Right, yeah, absolutely. Dan Skidmore, man, uh, Cad <laughs> Ray Diaz, he's. He, I'll tell you right now, uh, he's coming. He's coming back next week, and you're gonna love it because he's super entrepreneurial. He's a serial entrepreneur, and we're really gonna hit on that uh, next week. It's part of why I've got him coming back, Cadre Diaz. So for those of you that, that haven't listened to it, I'll, I'll. It's. I can't remember how long ago he was. I should know the podcast number, but. Um, Dan Skidmore, he's a former tier one Air Force combat controller. Uh, so Air Force special <laughs> operations, he's go rucks, uh, head of training, uh, but he also owns and operates several different businesses of his own. Yeah. Uh, some service-based, some product-based, um, just, just some really cool stuff. And so, yeah, I love having those people come in. I love doing kind of the interview conversational style, but I love just introducing the people that uh, that I learn from and that I find interesting and entertaining to the world too, right? Like there's just no, it's just as, it's just as interesting, right? And so, yes, it's fun for me, but if I, I did, if I didn't think the content was good, I'd either find out a way to make it better yeah. or I'd hang it up, yeah. um, you know, but it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of joke sometimes that I'm, I'm the best podcast that nobody's ever heard of. Again, that's a little tongue in cheek, you know, I'm not quite that prideful, Yeah. but man, I'm, I'm, 
I'm better than some of the stuff that people really are listening to. Yeah. There's one podcast that does really, really well. It, it, it was a radio show. It's a couple of guys. I'm not going to name them. It's local in this area. And it's just always shocked me that they're big because they're not good. They're not good. I don't get it. They're not good. They're just I'll, not, I'll, they're tell just you, not good? I'll tell you off air. They're just, oh they're not good. Oh my gosh. Um, did and, they have uh, leverage like to their name? They just leveraged their fame. I, into I it, think or? they started with some exposure from being on like terrestrial radio, and I think some of that carried over. Uh, they, hey, different strokes for different folks. There's yeah. no accounting for taste, but man, but if I'm they telling you, I listen. The podcast, they probably weren't good on radio. And, um, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, you know, your your mileage may vary. They they just do yep. nothing for me. But uh, I, I but part of it is is that slog, right? It's about putting out the, the content long enough. Like too many people give up just before they get to their success, right? Like you don't fire me up dude, like this, you, man. It's dude, seven o'clock go, at night. If, I you, go if you grow up in the church, you'll. Well, listeners, here's the deal. Uh, this is just Kale now. Uh, our our guest, John, has left the building. And uh, I want to apologize for the strange and abrupt edit here. But uh, let me tell you what happened. As you're listening to the episode, you may have heard the growing sounds of thunder in, in the background. We, we referenced the, uh, you know, the floor afternoon, big summer afternoon Florida thunderstorms. And they're real. And uh, just after the conversation cut off there, uh, my hand to God, we hear a loud boom. And John and I both receive massive shocks to our heads through our headphones. I say massive. We didn't need medical treatment. We didn't have to go to the doctor. But... I mean, it, it was, <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping all of the puns about it being uh, shocking, uh, 100% legitimate. And so uh, <laughs> obviously the podcast recording stopped. I wish we had caught our reaction on the recording, but because of the electrical event that was occurring, that prevented that from happening. But man, is there a story to tell behind this? But since John and I had already crossed the two-hour mark, once we kind of settled down and figured everything out, John had to go, which is why I'm closing things out here solo for you. But uh, man, it's it's quite a story, and we're going to tell it. Uh, but since we're already so deep into this episode, we're going to tell it on Patreon. You probably saw that coming. So listeners, I love you. I mean it. Thank you guys for sticking it out so long. Sorry for this crazy uh, ending. Man, I, I've had some unexpected things happen uh, in my brief podcasting career, but kind of getting hit by lightning, uh, not one I really anticipated. So we learned some lessons and uh, we'll implement those going forward. But Appreciate you sticking it out this far into the episode and uh, and being fans and just listening in general. Uh, if you want to connect with the podcast more, please visit the website, solid7podcast.com, solid7podcast.com. Uh, links to the show on all the different podcast apps uh, are there. Links to our affiliates, GoRuck, uh, Origin, Jocko, Fuel, Tuttle Twins, all on there. Snuck in a new one there, Onion Tuttle Twins. We'll talk about that one of these episodes. Uh, link to a GoRuck event we're doing here in Central Florida in October and some great causes to support are always there. If you want to hear this crazy story uh, about uh, the lightning strike, I have the receipts. I can prove uh, that this happened. We'll share some pictures over on Patreon as well. Uh, right there on the, the website, silencepodcast.com. 
you can find our social media and uh, you can uh, find our Patreon page and become a Patreon supporter. So join at any level, $5, 10 bucks, you'll be able to hear that story and the whole back catalog of bonus content. If you do join at the $10 level, you do eventually get a Silent 7 coffee mug, which is a better than average coffee mug from which you can consume any drink of your choice. It doesn't have to be coffee. It could be Jocko Go. It could be whatever. Uh, so uh, go check out the website. If you haven't already, if you if we made you smile, if you learned something new from the podcast, please uh, click uh, subscribe or follow or whatever your app lets you do and uh, give us a little thumbs up or a five-star rating. That's all always a big help. And uh, if we don't see you on Patreon, we'll catch you with another awesome guest next week. Thanks. We're out. Mm-hmm.